0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: The state of emergency has been lifted in the state of West Virginia in all 55 counties, and we're back to playing basketball in much of the Mountain State. Welcome to another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epling along with James Collier and Coach Rick Marone. As we continue to bring you uh, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, and guys, after a week, a week ago, we were talking snow. Snow that's still on the ground. And in some cases, still piled up on the ground. And... Uh, the rough time of it for almost everyone in the so except for the extreme northern Panhandle, seem to escape it. But uh, James, everybody's been out shoveling, everybody's been out salting, or whatever they've had to do to, to dig their way out and back to another uh, another basketball Friday night. Well, I didn't
2: shovel; I, I snowboarded. Uh, thank God <laughs> I'm still alive because let me tell you, I've I've got some great video from our GoPro cameras that we used that uh, was uh, was interesting to say the least, but definitely one of the things that we. Uh, Uh, was able to get through. Uh, Everybody in the tri-state area was pretty much just covered up with uh, as much as a foot of snow, and then all the way, I think, the highest amount, saying up to 40 inches in some places in West Virginia, but nice to be back in the studio. A lot of uh, games on the hardwood. We'll get all the scores coming up, and uh, for you, nice for you to make it in this evening. Uh, Struggle bus ride is its best, uh, getting through a traffic accident over on uh, 152, but uh, be careful out tonight the roads are starting to slicken up a little bit as the temperatures drop down it's supposed to get down to the 20s so if you're out and
1: about listening to us on the radio take a little extra time and watch out for black ice it's already into the 20s and uh in much of the state of west virginia and a lot of those secondary roads especially still with the snow banks that have yet to fully melt but they've melted a little bit just enough to put a nice wet glaze on the road and just in time for it to freeze up and coach uh Rough week for, for a lot of people, though.
3: Yeah, rough re- week, and uh, <clears throat> of course, a full slate of games tonight, Ryan. And as people scramble to reschedule, of course, uh, go to basketballnight.com, the most up to date scheduling as far as reschedules and, and getting things put uh, in the proper the place. I tell you what, uh, it really causes a, a big uh, issue, I think, uh, because a lot of teams are going to get backlogged in games. You don't have that time to really get the progression in practice. But you sometimes have to use the games as opportunities to try and improve yourself. Because, Ryan, Monday that calendar turns to February 1st. It's hard to believe. But in just three short weeks, really, uh, from Monday, is you're going to be looking at sectional tournament play for the girls.
2: Well, and you talk about getting backlogged with games, uh, already looking ahead to the weather coming in next month. Uh, it's going to start off with some heavy thunderstorms coming in Tuesday. And then we've got a clipper effect that is possibly going to drop in. Um, Chris Bailey out of the um, – Kentucky Weather Center down in Lexington. He's saying some of the models are setting up predictions of the same type of winter we saw in 1977-78. We're talking about blizzards on blizzards. It's possible what they're talking about that could happen in the month of February, but he's saying basically it's going to be a deep freeze the entire month. Settle in. We may have a, a, a bumpy ride the last month
1: of the half of the season. Well, From what I've been – from what I've been told, and to my understanding, is that with the El Nino weather pattern, things tend to come in twos.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're we're just waiting for the. You know, last season, last year, we had the same thing happen. We had a, a, a little bit of a snowstorm, and then we had a big snowstorm that happened toward the end of February and the first part of March. But. Um, the woolly worms said it's going to be an ugly one this year. They were all black in my garden this season, and the old wisetail says the black woolly worms lead to a nasty winter. We'll see how that uh, pays off as we move forward. Well, you were
1: picking them out of there at Christmas. That might be one of the reasons <laughs> Might have been what it was, so, I mean, you never know. <laughs> yeah, when it was 75 and sunshine. <laughs> yeah, boy, so long ago, it seems, but really it wasn't. Right now we're going to go right ahead into a scoreboard update and – James, fire away. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to
2: basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start first on the boys' scoreboard. A few finals that are just now rolling in. Tug Valley defeats Ravenswood 80-64. Notre Dame moves to 10-1 with an 80-40 victory over Trinity. Fayetteville gets past Charleston Catholic 48 43. Fayetteville moves to 9 1 on the season. Webster County stays undefeated in Class AA, now 12 0 with an 81 40 victory over Clay County. East Fairmont 79, Phillip Barber 59. It was RCB getting past Grafton 65 53. The Eagles 9 2 in Class AA. At the half, Parkersburg on top of Greenbrier East by three, 37 34. Polka, the dots, no problem with Herbert with Hoover tonight, 65 39, your final. Lewis County over North Marion, 86 47. End of the third quarter, the Mohicans of Morgantown trying to stay undefeated in class AAA. Lead University 41 25, University 8 2. This year. Payton City knocks off Paw 71 to 40 at the end of the third. West side on top of Princeton 51 to 34. It was a barn burner, but the Ripley Vikings pick up win number 13 this year with a 69-63 win over the GW Patriots. Tucker County leads Moorfield 57-26 that game at the end of the third and in overtime. Wheeling Park and Park South all knotted up at 62. We'll keep you abreast on that one as we get an update. Over on the girls' side, Frankfurt defeats Mountain Ridge 60-40. to It was Spring Valley bouncing back after an earlier loss this week. They lead Ripley 65-40 to after the three-quarters of play. Cabell Midland with a nice win over Lincoln County, 66-31. to Matt Atkins' team moves to 10-5. And have won their last six, including a nice win over Ashland earlier this week. Woodrow Wilson defeats Shady Spring, or check that has a lead over Shady Spring in the third quarter, 41-19. And Gilmer County defeats Calhoun County, 85-28. Our final score, Notre Dame over Tigers Valley, 56-16. That's your first check of the basketball night.com scoreboard.
1: Thank you very much, James. The Bluefield Beavers last night in girls basketball i think got a lot of attention uh the beavers currently sitting with a record of 11 and four i know coach marone has has run into bluefield this year good basketball team i think folks knew that but i think it was really proven by the way they played in a victory over previously unbeaten summers county last night the beavers get the win 82. 71, Tony Malamachi, the head coach of the Beavers, joins us now on the program. Coach, first off, congratulations. I know that was a big win for you guys last night.
4: Thank you very much. It was a big win for us.
1: And going uh, uh, into Summers County and knowing that um, you know that, that's one of the, the teams that you've got to get by to get to Charleston a little bit later on, uh, I know that, that has to be a big confidence builder for your team as well.
4: It does, but, you know, we we was very confident going into it because we play a very tough schedule. And the people who do the ratings, I don't think a lot of times do their homework and see who you've played. Because we played three top five teams in AA and a top four team in in, uh, AAA. So, you know, four of our losses came against three top five teams. So if you just look at an overall one loss record, you might get a misconception of, where you should be ranked at now we knew summers county had a real good team and we knew we'd have our you know hands cut out going to to there and try to win but i knew we was capable of doing it and our kids really you know played their hearts out and um, came up with a victory
1: well coach clearly your team has a little bit of firepower but summers county known for getting the ball down the floor it seems like beating by beating them 82 71 just from the outside looking in you beat them at their own game
4: yeah, well, we're a very athletic team. We was uh, we we got down the court real well. We uh, transitions have kind of been our key all year, and so that, you know that didn't change last night.
3: Coach Coach Marone here again. Congratulations on a big win there. And uh, you mentioned a transition game. I tell you, one of the things that impressed me about your ball club is that really your your team seems to be comfortable either in a transition game or they seem to know their roles offensively in the half court and that's really got to bode well as you uh, head down the stretch of the season and that you can adapt to different styles.
4: Yeah, that, That's right, Coach. We, uh, we have some pretty smart kids on our team, so they can adjust. We can actually make adjustments on the fly. and If we have to slow it down and run some sets and do some half-court things, we're capable of doing it. Now, we prefer to run. I think we're a little bit better when we get out in transition, but we are capable of, of running a
2: half-court game. Coach James Collier, again, congratulations on the win. How big of a win is that, going on the road and knocking off a a very powerful Summers County team, especially building that confidence that you want to start getting this time of year as you make the push deep into February and getting ready for sectional and regional play?
4: Yeah, It's a a very big win. I've I've been at Bluefield now for 12 years, and it's the first time we have beaten them down there. And this is the time of the year – you start trying to get your your game together for the tournament and we've been talking about you know becoming a family and getting closer together and and to make that run into february i think we're starting to come together and uh, starting to play our best basketball we just hope to continue to improve on it and continue getting better and, and play our best basketball going into the tournament
1: coach this week you have games with richlands virginia and princeton uh coming up obviously those uh are two big games in terms of Richlands being a, a regional rivalry for you in that part of the uh, in that part of the state, playing Richlands, Virginia, and then Princeton being a county rivalry for you guys and an opportunity to avenge one of your losses from earlier this year.
4: Yeah, we we played Princeton the first game of the year, and we that was our worst game of the year. We we couldn't we couldn't buy anything. I think we scored twenty eight points that game. We was missing layups, two-foot putbacks, and we couldn't make anything. Now, give Princeton credit. Princeton's a pretty good team. But I think we've came a long way since then. So, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to avenge that loss that we had earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, the Bluefield Beavers, 11-4 and four on the season. Their girls' basketball program picking up that big win over Summers County last night. Coach Malamachi, we thank you very much for joining us, and uh, – Look forward to following you guys uh, as you can continue on throughout the regular season. Okay, thank you, and appreciate you for having me. All right, that's Tony Malamachi, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers girls basketball team. We let him off the hook there without asking him about the weather down in Bluefield. Uh, Sometimes it tends to snow in Bluefield before it snows elsewhere because of elevation. Uh, But um, Coach, uh, again, we mentioned you you played host to Bluefield earlier this year. Uh, they came into Rebel Arena and, and beat you guys, and um, really, it, it, it lends itself to how good of a job Coach is doing with that ball club. He's got good players, but they're versatile.
3: Yeah, I tell you what, they're uh, they're experienced too. They were in a state tournament last year. I don't. Uh, he's exactly right. I think they've been below the radar. He played. Look at his schedule. I mean, when you look down the remainder of his schedule, just looking down, to, he's got North Marion. Uh, for another game. He's got, of course, Views a huge rivalry for them. Uh, he's got another visit with Summers County coming to him towards the end of the year. But when you look up their schedule, uh, again, they came to our place and played Lincoln High School as a top-five team. I mean, he's exactly right. They've been below the radar, and I don't think people realize they lost uh, uh, Brown from last year uh, at the team that was at the state tournament, and everything kind of revolved around her. But a lot of these role players last year, Tulo and Coppolo, I mean, they're you remember that name from football. Mm. I mean, you know, wreaking havoc in the backfield at Bluefield. But this is an athletic team that can adapt to styles. You want to run? They put up 82 points against a running team. They came to our place. We didn't necessarily want to run, but we tried to slug it out with them, and we fell behind, had to force tempo. but. They're a good team. I mean, I think they're going to give people problems because a lot of teams, you try and get out of their comfort zone. If you're a half-court team, we're going to try and push you up and down the floor. If you're a running team, we want to make you run. They can do both, and uh, Coach Malamachi does a good job. They don't dodge anybody. I mean, James, their schedule is designed to get them ready for tournament play, and uh, I think it's doing the job. 11-4 with his schedule is tremendous.
2: Well, whenever you have a team that is built to run in transition and try to
3: score the basketball
2: as much as it can – If you can go out and you can jump on your opponent early, you force it into your game. So Mm -hmm. you can control the tempo of the game. You can force other teams to have to play catch-up. And that's where a lot of teams don't succeed well when they play in that because they're not used to and being accustomed to playing in a fast-paced offense. That's where teams like Bluefield that can run in transition likes to go out, score 80-plus a night, makes them so dangerous because... They can, they can slow down if they need to, but they're going to go as fast as possible as long as they can.
3: Well, and and they can also expose you because their defense is underrated too. I mean, you score 82 points. Obviously, they gave up 71, but they they pressure you in the half court, the three-quarter court, but primarily they can get pressure defensively in the half court without giving up layups. So basically, you're going to get exposed. If you're not fairly athletic and you can read and react, you're going to be in trouble. If you're a program team that can't uh, react to adversity or react to what's ahead of you, you're going to struggle against Bluefield, and I think you're going to see that
1: down the stretch. The score is coming out as fast and furious. We're working to update the scoreboard. You can always visit basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. And if you want to give us a call and join in on the program, the number one 855 345 4709. That's one 345 We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
5: here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. In fact, we have a new affiliate tonight. Talk 92.5 WTHM LTE Ravenswood. Big thank you to Mike Graham for carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia in the Ravenswood area. You can also listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including... 94 Rock WRLF Fairmont Power 92 Radio 92.3 FM WIRCLP Spencer 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn 106.7 FM W.H.F.I. Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live.
5: Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Nine seventeen on this
1: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, and the Coach Rick Marone all with you here tonight. Another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, we want to, first off, say thank you for all those who listened last week. I know a lot of folks were snowed in. There were just a couple of games in the entire state, and uh, all of West Virginia was under a state of emergency this time last week as we were looking at 12 to, uh, well in some cases, 40 inches of snow that uh, that hit much of the entire state of West Virginia. Of course, as we mentioned earlier tonight, a lot of that snow is still on the ground, still a little bit of a melt onto the roadways, so uh temperature's dropping below freezing so if you're out and about be careful tonight um definitely something that you'll want to keep an eye on because uh road conditions can deteriorate rather quickly it's not quite as obvious as it was this time last week when you couldn't see the road because it was covered with snow but uh it can still be very dangerous
2: and, and talking about last week in the show a big thanks goes out to marcus constantino and mike stanley for all the work that they did to put in the the best of show you know, we we kicked it back and forth of of whether or not to do the program or not do the program. How, how safe was it going to be? We we all figured that we could get here. It was the question was could we get out and and trying to travel. You know, just about everybody with the program has a, a fairly decent distance to travel, and I'm saying decent distance twenty minutes. But when you're in the middle of, of blizzard like conditions, twenty minutes turns into two hours. And uh, we made the decision that it was probably safer for everybody on the crew to postpone a week and definitely not something typically that would happen but last week ryan you even pointed out it was far from typical conditions
1: yeah that that was a special occasion because uh that was a almost a historic snowfall and uh you know the the east coast obviously battered by the fourth largest singular snowfall event since 1950 that's uh, that's a lot of snow snow for a long (laughs) time too i'll tell you it just it, it, it is still out there but Uh, getting back to the phone lines we we spoke earlier with uh the head coach of the bluefield beavers girls basketball team well the beavers boys basketball team is seven and four on the season and that was going into a scheduled game tonight with independence at the raleigh county convention center buster large is the head coach of the beavers he joins us now on the program coach first off how you guys doing with the weather
7: well, you know, uh, tonight was a good night. Uh, we're going to come back to uh, the Independence game, uh, and uh, which we played over here, at Peckley, and uh, we we won to like 63 and uh, we're just glad to get back out and you know, play a little basketball. We we've been off since last Monday when we at Fairmont for the whole uh, classes. so we've had eleven eleven days off, so we, it was off, off good to get back out front. Right?
1: How difficult is it to schedule? And not just the schedule, but to just hold a practice, even with all the conditions the way they are, it seems like you take the first day available and play rather than having a day available for practice.
7: Well, uh, we actually uh, lost two days of practice. Uh, I mean, the, the, the weather up here in Blue was just absolutely horrendous. I, I think we had at least fourteen days of being snowed. There was no way we could even try to attempt get our athletes out, and we didn't. And uh, so we took we took Friday and Saturday off. We didn't have any games last week other than the Paramount game. So the schedule worked out perfect for us, and then we were able to get four good days of practice in Monday through Thursday. And, uh, you know, obviously we played tonight, uh, in the field County draw, Armory, and we got Woodrow Wilson Florida.
1: Well, just looking through your schedule results, uh, I go back to December 11th. You lose the crosstown battle with Graham, Virginia, by 13, but then back on the 14th, uh, so a little over two weeks ago now, you beat Graham by 14 in the return game. Where's been the uh, where's been the big change with your basketball club?
7: Well, you know, obviously we we, we started out very young. You know, I, I'm I'm playing probably six to eight sophomores and freshmen. All the floor at all times. We do have uh, several seniors that you know, have provided some good senior leadership. But uh, we're a very young basketball team, but these, these kids are growing up quick. And, uh, at any time you can, you can be eight and four at this time of the year, uh, it, it feels pretty good knowing that uh, we're going to have you skip back two or three more years.
2: Coach James Collier, thanks for joining us. Um, When you look ahead at the forecast that they're already talking about in the month of February, it's supposed to be bitterly cold. They're saying possibly a chance of winter-like conditions that we haven't seen since 1977-78. How important is it that every game that you play moving forward into the month of February, every practice session that you get to have, that you treat it like it may be your last because you may have very few far and in between before moving into tournament play coming in March?
7: Oh, it's going to be very important. You know, uh, I've already heard uh, you know several predictions for at least two to three more snowstorms, and uh, you know, I, I know that uh, this last one was was probably the best one we've had here at Bluefield in probably 15 to 20 years. But like I say, you know, we, we we know it's important to practice. We all we also know that the that, 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 that kids, student athletes, uh, safety and and and, and the safety concern getting two in front for are the are number one priority and uh, we take a very very high priority here
1: at Woodrow. Well coach we obviously thank you for joining us tonight I know you got again a game with Woodrow Wilson tomorrow night and uh, then a little bit later on next week you got Oak Hill Mountain View so you really got a, a stretch of games here against teams that have you've kind of got traditional rivalries with. Uh, yes you know
7: this is the first time we've had Woodrow back on the schedule probably in 15 years, and uh, I, I know we're going to have our hands full tomorrow night. They have a very, very talented uh, basketball team, and, and you know they're very young too. I, I think I think they're they're loaded with juniors and sophomores also. So uh, I know that they're only lost the season to Huntington, and you know I think everyone knows what Huntington's done the last two years, against state 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 Triple A champs.
6: Well,
1: Coach, we uh, again, we appreciate you taking time out to talk with us and uh, wish you and uh, your basketball club the best of luck moving forward.
7: Okay, and uh, thank you all for having us. And uh, uh, best of luck here uh, uh, to all the teams out here the rest
1: of the year. All right, that's Buster Large, the head coach of the Bluefield Beavers boys basketball team. And you know, Coach Marone, you touched on it just a moment ago, how difficult it is to get those uh, practices and It's difficult to get games rescheduled let alone just hold a practice.
3: Well, yeah, and I I think Coach Large, uh, I don't want to say it was lucky. He had an 11-day layoff built in, and guess what? The snowstorm (laughs) fell right in the middle of it, so he was already backlogged on games. And so, you know, Bluefield – Kind of like Woodrow, there's teams that like to get their prep in and then they like to play a lot of games in the latter part of the season. So it actually fell fortuitously for them. But uh, like you said, when you can't even get in practice and then, for instance, you come back and play a game after you've been out, you hit on that a minute ago. That's happened not just to us but to other teams. It's hard to do.
1: And, and James, this is something that I think all of us can relate to as well at some point in our lives. It doesn't matter if you've played basketball for ten years of your life. If you haven't been in a gym and shopped for about a week, and then you go out and play a game, it tends to be a little rough, at least at first. Well, we we
2: use a term. It's called game game shape. And it's uh, all of the conditioning that you go into through the off season. You get into the preseason. And it's just basically being able to get up to being able to continue to run the floor for 32 minutes of basketball. And we spend, as athletes, two and three months trying to get to that spot and you can lose it in a week Uh, and especially when you get stuck at home to where you can't get out you can't get into the gym to at least get some jump shots in just get up some some shots some running what have you it goes away quickly and what ends up happening and and we've seen this in the past you get to the point of February there's not games being played at a normal span you have 10 days off in between you go into March And a team that shouldn't be going home early gets sent home before they even get a chance to get to the regionals. And it's one of the things you have to start thinking about it. Are we going to see another time this season where Mother Nature dictates possibly sending one of the top teams in the state of West Virginia home early before it even gets a chance to make a trip to
3: Charleston? Well, and, and one of the things we talked about last year, and it did play out last year, is I think a lot of it comes down to who has the best plan To deal with that, I tell you what, athletes are creatures of habit. And when you get out of routine, you're not going to school every day, or you're on a delay at school, or you're what are you doing with that downtime? That's not normal. You're usually in school, you're in a routine, you get ready for practice or a game. And it's athletes are that way just like the rest of us are. When you throw that routine off, I really think there's an effect there and the teams that are more mature, that are more experienced, I think are better to overcome that
1: so we are at 9 27 right now on this friday night what we're going to do right now is step aside, take a break we'll come back uh we're working on the scoreboard we'll get some uh get an update on that and we'll hear from bill nester voice of the robert seabird flying eagles they were in action tonight their boys basketball team off to another fantastic start so we'll talk with uh
5: Bill Nester, when we come back, you're on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results. The question... What's the most all-round competitive region in West Virginia high school basketball? Boys and girls this season. You can vote for region 1, 2, 3, or 4. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And we'll make sure to share the results with you at the end of the show this evening and give you next week's question. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's High School Basketball Voice. Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. What they've all got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. If you have someone remarkable on your team, Or maybe your athlete made an outstanding play. You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. And there'll be one this week, too. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out, basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter tonight at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
5: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.30 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia on this January
1: 29th, 2016, last Friday night in January. We'll turn the calendar over to February on Monday. And as we all know, February is when you set the foundation toward March and you're pushed for uh, the state tournaments in Charleston. The girls' state tournament actually starts uh, the week of March 9th, so we're basically a little over a month away from the state tournament, which means you're really about three weeks away from the beginning of uh, postseason play. Yeah, three weeks from Monday is the first
3: official day that you can start sectional play, so... Uh, I know the sectional we're involved in, it It starts on Monday. So three weeks from Monday, you're throwing it up and somebody's going to the house. So it it gets real serious real quick. And Ryan, the ominous uh, forecast, and we've talked a little bit about it. We're not uh, meteorologists. We just play them on radio and TV. But uh, uh, you got to get your work done now. I mean, there's a window here. (laughs) Get in there, get your games in, get your practice done because, you know, I've got a sign on my wall in my office and that you are what you are. And in reality, February 1st, you really start having an identity, and you hope it's the better one.
1: And and whether you feel ready or not, it's here. (laughs) So the
3: boys is four weeks
1: from Monday, so
3: it's going to get real serious real quick.
1: Yeah, and and it does happen. (laughs) It does happen rather abruptly, too. But uh, before we go to the phone lines, we'll we'll talk with Bill Nestor of WPDX. He had the call the Robert C. Bird grafting game tonight. We'll talk with him in just a moment, but first – what we'll do is we'll have uh, James Collier give us the boys' scoreboard update. We'll have Coach Maron give us a girls' scoreboard update.
2: Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State. So we mentioned these are all boys' scores. Tug Valley moves to 12 and one in Class Single A. With an 80 to 64 defeat over Ravenswood. Notre Dame eases past Trinity, 80 to 40. Fighting Irish pick up the 10th win of the season. Fayetteville, 48, Charleston Catholic, 43. It was Webster County staying undefeated in Class AA with an 81-40 win over Clay County. Phillip Barber gets stung by the East Fairmont Bees by 20, 79-59. It was Robert C. Bird over Grafton, 65-53. The Eagles now 9 and 2 in class AA. Parkersburg, a 71 64 win over Greenbrier East. Polka, no problem with Hoover, 65 two thirty nine. Just seeing this fly in. Hedgesville and Martinsburg postponed. We'll get an update on that one as soon as we have any more information to pass along. Still no date being given. Winfield, a nice win tonight over Hurricane, 66 58. It was Lewis County, 86, North Marion, 47. Lincoln, 66-40 win over Preston. Morgantown going final, staying undefeated in Class AAA. Now 12-0 with a 61-43 defeat of the University Hawks. Williamstown, a two-point win over Park Catholic in overtime, 54-52. Payton City, 71. Pawpaw, 40. Side gets a 75-61 win over the Princeton Tigers. Ripley, Picks up its 13th win of the season, knocking off GW, 69-63. At the end of the third, it's Tucker County, 57, Moorfield, 26. Our second overtime game of the night, Willing Park does it in well, two out of the last three weeks. Now winning in overtime over Park South, 74-71. to Willing Park now 8-3 on the season. It was Oak Hill over Greater Beckley Christian, 75 73 to 56. And at the half, Logan on top of Wyoming East, 27-25. Coach Marone has the girls.
3: Let's take a look at the girls scoreboard tonight on the basketball scoreboard. First up, Frankfurt. The Falcons get a big win tonight over Mountain Ridge, Maryland. The Falcons win 60 to 40. Spring Valley rolls 65 to 40 after three. Over the Ripley Vikings, the Lady Vikings. Also tonight, Cabell Midland, another big win for the Lady Knights, 66-31 over Lincoln County. Wayne goes on the road, gets a big Cardinal Conference win up on the mountain, 60-38 over Mingo Central. Woodrow, 50, Shady Spring, 29. That's a final tonight. Calhoun County falls to the Gilmore County Titans. There's another team that's a little bit below the radar, but very dangerous team, The Titans. 85-28 winners over Calhoun County. Greater Beckley Christians girls fall to Greenbrier East. The Spartans, I'm not going to call him governor, but Jim Justice getting it done there at Greenbrier East. They get a 77-37 win over the Crusaders. Also tonight, Sissonville, the Indians 71, Scott 19. Notre Dame 66, Tigers Valley 27. Wheeling Park gets a big win over St. Clairsville, Ohio, 56-41. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard update.
1: Thank you very much. We'll go right back to the phone lines. The Robert C. Bird Eagles picked up a win tonight over Grafton, sixty-five fifty-three. Bill Nestor is the voice of the Eagles. He joins us now on the program, and uh, Bill Robert C. Bird taking care of business again tonight.
8: Yeah, big win this evening, fellas. I heard you. I just a few minutes ago talking about practice. And I felt like, um, to Alan, and I am talking about practice. And, 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 you know, fellas, really, you think about it, how crucial it is, how important it is. And RCB's head coach, Bill Bennett, known as one of the best practice coaches around, utilizes every minute of every single practice to get the most out of his opportunity with his kids. And, and so, consequently, when they don't get a chance to practice, it hurts. It hurts the program. But because of all the work he's put in prior, his team prepared more than a lot of teams. To be able to come out after a long layoff. Of course that big storm hit everybody hard, hit every program hard. But for R C B their first game back in over a week was against the tough Lincoln Cougar team. And because they were so prepared, I think they had a big advantage, uh, pulled off a big win just the other night against the Cougars. And then back in the saddle game, the night guys against the Grafton Bearcats. And I'll tell you what, they've got a total package themselves. They have a chance to really make some noise in the postseason. And both of these games this week for Robert C. Bird, crucial because they have a lot to do with the sectional seedings and who's going to get a chance to host come tournament time, and that's always a big opportunity and a big break for a team to be able to play at home. So that's why the win against Lincoln Wednesday was so crucial and tonight against the Bearcats, another big win.
1: I want to back up one more week because, again, we weren't able to have a program last week, but um, picked up a win on the 18th of January over Parkersburg, 65-53. Uh, that's a Parkersburg ball club that's having a good year, and it, it seems like that. Uh, and they've they've lost some close games, uh, some of the games that, that Parkersburg's lost. But uh, for for RCB to get that win over the uh, the big Reds, again, I don't like to fall into that double A, triple A frame of mind. But at the same time, Parkersburg has been able to hang in with some of the upper echelon triple A teams, and Robert C Byrd handled them pretty soundly.
8: You look back at that contest, and the first quarter didn't go Robert Seberg's way. They fell down, I think, 11-3 to after the first period of play. And Parksburg is very talented, very athletic. They run the floor well. They press. They like to do a lot of the same things RCB likes to do. But after that first quarter, RCB turned it around and really dominated the second, third, and fourth quarters, respectively. It was a very sound win, a very confident, uh, confident building win for Robert Seberg. And they took that, and they were ready to make some, some big moves. And, of course, not playing in over a week, that was kind of an issue. That week-long layoff was the third lengthy layoff for RCB this year. But to their credit, they came back and bounced back with that win over Lincoln. But you're right. When you talk about that Parker's Book team, they're very talented and very well coached, as a matter of fact. And it really was a gut check for RCB because you look back earlier in the season for the Fly Eagles. They had the a, a, a same kind of start, similar start, at Crosstown Rival Bridgeport where they scored three points in the first quarter and uh, had a tough loss there to Bridgeport. So you thought maybe it's a deja vu in this situation. But give credit to Coach Bennett and his team for turning it around against the Big Reds to get that win.
1: Bill, something about uh, Robert C. Byrd that I think has been impressive, and you talked about Coach Bennett being able to uh, keep them uh, – ready to play by the way they practice well before any storms hit so that they're prepared to just kind of be able to to go out and play. But I have to ask, you're a broadcaster. You broadcast these games. It's choppy for the kids. They don't have any kind of rhythm really with the schedule because of the snow. Uh, It's hard to practice, hard to play. You having a hard time getting in the flow of things too, or, or, or I know you've done this a while, so this isn't your first rodeo. But still, I mean, it just seems like uh, nobody's able to really get into much of a rhythm so far this year.
8: You're exactly right; it affects everyone, and it does me too. I really I enjoy doing the games for a lot of reasons, and I feel really close to the school. I've, I've been with the school basically all but the first year of existence, and, and from that point on, I've been involved in broadcasting their games, so I feel really close to the school i uh, had a lot of things happen there, and, and it really is special. It's an honor for me to be able to do these games. I really look at it that way, and I think the people in the station feel that way when it comes to our youth. I mean, our youth really is what it's all about. And and to be able to be a part of it, I feel blessed to do it. And Consequently, when they get out of sync, it really affects me. I find myself texting Coach Bennett uh, and the athletic director Scott Davis all the time. Do you think we'll play tomorrow? What do you think we'll do? They probably look at me like a kid because... I get so excited, I'm like a kid in the candy store when we do get a chance to play. And so, consequently, having this kind of stop-go uh, type of thing, it's been difficult. It has been on our end, and just keeping track of the cancellations and then uh, the reschedules—it's—it's it's a job all in itself, that's for sure. But I tell you, it's—it's fun to see what Coach Ben has done with this group, guys, because uh, you know you, you lost a core nucleus of uh, of seniors, five seniors that were basically the heart and soul of the team for four years since they were freshmen. All those guys graduate, and the question mark around this team was, who's going to step up and get the job done? And Coach Bennett has really done a masterful job, along with his staff, of developing some of the undercounts to be able to step in. He had some seniors that that came out. Julian Marino, who's a standout quarterback on the football team, came out to the basketball team this year. He's been an integral part. Leading the team in rebounds. had 20 points tonight, 12 in the third quarter, which was pivotal for this RCV team. He's found guys that have stepped up and made those type strides, and it's been impressive to see how he's patched things together. Everybody knew about Luke Dyer. Of course, he was an All-Stater last year, had 21 points tonight. They expect that kind of performance from him. But other guys have stepped up and made a difference. And, And those guys, especially in a situation where, you know, you're seeing some success, you're starting to feel some confidence, but then you have these delays and you wonder how they're going to respond. Coach finds a way to get these guys up each and every game, and it's a tribute to his abilities and a tribute to the athletes athletes on this team because they really they have had to battle a lot of breaks, you know, in, in the scheduling. It's been difficult, but you look ahead for this team; they've got a big week coming up, guys. They're going to be heading to the Big Atlantic uh, Class to get a chance to play against Independence on Tuesday, a chance to 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 see some of the state and the travel. So they've got some opportunities coming up, and if Old Man Winter can. Can lay off a little bit for us we might be able to get some kind of flow going
1: that sounds sounds good always a pleasure bill and uh certainly i hope that that you didn't have too many problems with the snow up there and let's just hope it's all behind us
8: yeah guys i I really do hope it's behind us for the kids sake you want to give them an opportunity to play each and every game you look at the seniors around the state you don't want to take any opportunity away from them so hopefully they can uh, get into a flow maybe uh not have any more breaks in action and and get something going because you want to see all the teams and all the players at their best come tournament time. That's what you want for all of them. And, and hopefully if we don't get too many layoffs, that will happen. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and see how things go.
1: All right, that's Bill Nester, WPDX, voice of the Robert Seabird, Flying Eagles, RCV, 9-2, and two, after beating Grafton tonight by 12. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We've got some things to talk about within the sport of basketball we're going to go back and touch on some things we've touched on earlier throughout the uh, the course of this show from a few weeks ago. Act nice at ball games, please, please. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll explain when we come back on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Here on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. <laughs>
6: Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live high definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. You can call the show tonight. We want to hear from you. 855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or just give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Shout out to all our new followers on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Including Traquan Gibson, Lucas Haynes at Luda three hundred four, Coach Wiley at Alex nineteen sixty seven, Robert Lewis at Lewis eighty nine forty four R, Bearcat Nation, Kettlecorn at Dean Kets, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggan, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Hensman. Once again, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Don't forget our poll question, too. We want you to participate in that. Go to our webpage on the right-hand side and vote in this week's poll.
5: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 9.46 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
1: Ryan Epling along with Coach Rick Marone and James Collier all with you. Our family grew a little bit since the last time we were with you. The Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia affiliates. Growing, We picked up a new one, WTHMLP in Ravenswood. We welcome you and we thank you for picking us up and good to have you. Talk 92.5 WTHMLP in Ravenswood.
2: And getting some great news today, Marcus Constantino, the, the tech guru that he is for everything he does with the show, he and Fred Dameron doing a uh, a lot of work behind the scenes, finally getting some technology to work the way that we need it to and, Keep a close eye out for that list of affiliates as it will probably be growing exponentially over the next few weeks. As this piece of equipment is something that will allow us to bring on some of the bigger networks throughout the state, and that's what we want to do. We want to put a blanket across the entire state of West Virginia to where everybody can hear what's going on around the Mountain State in uh, boys and girls hoops. But uh, big thanks to uh, to everybody behind the scenes and, uh, and our
1: new station up in Ravenswood. Welcome aboard. You never know where you'll hear us from week. To we, we're, now we're steady. Once we get somewhere, we're oh, yeah. there. We're there. But you, we, you might hear us somewhere else. You know, eventually, you might see us somewhere. You just never know. You just never know where we're going to show up. But I do want to talk about some something that's a little bit more serious here, and uh, that's in terms of the way people act at ball games. Um, we just talked two weeks ago about. Uh, well, now it's been three weeks since we had the situation between Martinsburg and Hedgesville, which opened a bigger opened discussion. Opened a conversation. Um, we talked about how Dayton City Schools, they had two schools that they just cleaned the gym out won't let anybody go to watch them play because of uh, fan behavior. We talked about a fight that involved – actually involved an official kicking a, a coach's father in, in the middle of a scrum over in uh, Pike County, Kentucky – that just happened uh, about two weeks ago as well, and James, I know you unfortunately saw more of this type of behavior rear its ugly head
2: yeah i've uh, I've experienced it now as a coach, as a player, as an official, and unfortunately now, as a fan as a parent, um, my son and his uh freshman basketball experience uh, earlier this week toward the latter part of the basketball game. there was about a little bit over a minute left in the contest, and Unfortunately, it was a situation I saw brewing since about the third quarter. Uh, there was a lot of things going on. The game had really moved from one play to the other, and the officials were doing nothing to kind of he- heed this this from happening but uh, Unfortunately, two players did end up in a fist fight and the The immediate thing was it the fight kind of caught me off guard, but the next thing that happened didn 't and i think that 's the thing that disappoints me the most. Fans started emptying out of the stands onto the floor, and that was the scary part. Um, but unfortunately, I was prepared for it because of all of the discussions that we've had here, and um, you know I will give kudos to the officiating crew. They did one thing good that entire night. They got the the two players separated quickly, uh, regained order. Everybody stayed off of the floor. Nothing else came of that. They, the game just stopped at that point. But um, the, one of the most dis- disappointing things that uh, that came about this whole thing. Uh, after every game, my son and I would go home and we break down the contest. What did he do good? What did he do bad? What does he want to work on? What does he want to continue to build that he's doing well? And one of the discussions that we had to have is he asked me, he said, Dad, what do I do if people come on the floor? And I said, most important thing is get safe. And I said, go to the locker room. And it's, it's sad that in in high school basketball, no matter what level, we're having to have discussions with players of where to go for safety because we've seen several times this season, um, on our, our last show two weeks ago, there was a, a fight that broke out in a middle school basketball game over in Phelps, Kentucky, in which a referee was actually speared by a, by a, a fan in the in attendance. And you start talking about 7th, 8th grade kids, you take a 240-pound individual that hits one of these kids – you you know, eighth grade, you can have a kid that's 65, 70 pounds. You can have a kid that's 200 pounds. Um, it really depends on their maturity and, and and puberty that they're going through and the changes of their body. At what point do we start thinking about the safety of these these kids on the floor? Um, I've got uh, I've got a lot of thought that's going into this. Um, I'm actually going to be putting up a column on the website. It'll hit Sunday um, about my whole take on this. Please go to, to basketballnight.com, and uh, I welcome your comments. Um, it's uh, it's something that's really dear to me because uh, I love the sport. Uh, there's nothing better than being a part of, of youth athletics and uh, all the way up through the collegiate level. But at some point it has to stop. And it's, it's getting to the point to where I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of what happened in Dayton. We're just going to start emptying the gymnasiums. And sometimes I don't know that the kids don't like it a little better because it takes the pressure off of – Okay, if if uh, if mom and dad are there and they're expecting me to have a big game, they're sitting in the stands. I've got to go out and perform. Now mom and dad's gone. Now you can just go out and play for your team. And it's sad that we've gotten there. And, Coach, it's it's one of those things you, you look up and you love the energy of the home court. But at some point, uh, when does it become too much of of having the energy there because of the ramifications that could happen on the backside of, of a team ending up in a scrum? And uh, we talked about it uh, at the beginning of the show. Had another one happen here locally last night.
3: Yeah, i tell you what, uh, James, I think you're right on. I'm looking forward to seeing your, your uh, article on that. And uh, uh, it's a problem. I mean, I, I don't think anybody can say, and it's not just in one area. I think we see it across areas. It's across different age groups. Uh, uh, it's going to become a problem to a point, like you said, that it's going to get down to a safety of the players, the fans, the coaches. People are out there playing basketball, coaching basketball, covering basketball because we love the game. We're not there for any other reason. The thing is, when you deal with the public and you've got everybody has a right to come to be at a game, but they don't have a right to be abusive. They don't have a right to cross the line and infringe on other people's rights. And uh, my feeling on it is, is coaching kids at different times during the year, you're exactly right. If we're in our summer three-week period, okay, we're at camps. We're doing things where there's no outside pressure. There's not, uh, whether it's parents, family, whatever. And the game is obviously a different setting. But the bottom line is, Those kids are enjoying the game. I mean, they're there. It's a totally different demeanor. I think if the adults realized what they're doing to the kids. Because they care about their kids. And I've told people that when you deal with parents or fans, for the most part, you know parents love their kids. They're focused on their kid. They're not focused on the whole team. As a coach, a broadcaster, you're there for the love of the game. So I think if they could step back out of their self, I know this is getting a little deep, but step back out of yourself. Look at the big picture. We're talking about a game. That we play for enjoyment. Anything that takes away from that enjoyment needs to go. Period. I mean, I'm there because I love the game. You cover it because you love it. Anything that interferes with your child having a good experience, because you know what? Three or four years from now, those adults that are out there acting that way, they're going to be gone somewhere else, and that kid only gets one time to go through. That's what bothers me, and that's what really ticks me off, to be honest with you, because what's that kid's memory now like you said your son i mean you're having to talk to your kid about where to what are we talking about a bomb shelter are we talking about the old days where you get under your desk when they, uh, the alarm goes off for a nuclear explosion you have to start dressing
2: up in catcher's gear to go, to go to a basketball game and it was you know it was it was interesting the um the the fans that that started toward the floor and and when i saw this happening my first thought was stop this so i jumped in front of everyone tried to start pushing back and um, you see parents instinct kicked in, I mean obviously you see your your child in trouble, no matter what 's going on your your immediate instinct is react yeah and but at the same time, you have to throw a little common sense in there you 're reacting to thirteen fourteen fifteen year old kids. If you do anything at this point, you have turned a bad situation into exponentially worse and it's it 's to the point of where have we gotten in society that this is okay. This is a norm. And that was the thing that really bothered me about this situation was I felt prepared to react. And, and 10 years ago, I would have never even <laughs> dreamed that, I mean, this this would have caught me off guard and I would have probably been as shocked as everybody else in the stands, but it didn't. And that's, that's a problem.
3: What's, what's a shame is this. I mean, there's things that we might get a little nervous about. There's people don't like spiders. People don't like snakes. Some people like don't like dark rooms. People don't like uh, being scared. Some people like don't heights. Whatever it is, there's things that you kind of expect to be have some uh, little anxiety about. Going to a basketball game to watch young people play, you shouldn't be in that situation. Yeah, I and should a be kid. sitting there wondering whether yeah. or not I'm
2: going to end up in a in a fight tonight, That's or, exactly or have right. to go. But um, yeah, and and it's one of the things too. It's it's I think we we have gotten to a point to where we have to start educating our players. Of what they have to do, of where they need to to be, how they need to react, of whether they're on the bench or on the floor, because it's it's a certainly a different way. Because
3: James, you've played a lot of sports, you've coached sports, you've ref sports. Ryan's played; he's covered sports for twenty long a long, long time. I have too. The only thing that I was ever taught, and that what I tell our players: if there's any kind of incident, you stay on the bench. Period. Now that that's probably more than me and you and Ryan got when we were growing up. We were kind of told you don't leave the bench area. But it is a crying shame because you're exactly right. Now we've got to talk about, well, what if the crowd, your son's asking, now the crowd, can, where do I go, Dad? We never had to deal with that. It's completely out of control, and it needs to be stopped.
1: Absolutely. I'm getting Commit- fired I up. Think, I, think Ryan, I think Ryan's speechless. <laughs> <He is. laughs> Are you familiar with the term cager? I don't think so. All right, cager was, it's an old, archaic now term for basketball players. You know why they were called cagers back in the <laughs> 20s and 30s? No. Because fan behavior was so bad at basketball games. This was before they cut the bottom out of the peach basket, basically. Okay. They still had to jump ball after every basket. Back when I played. Yeah, that was <laughs> back in Marone's days. <laughs> they separated the fans from the court with literally, like, fencing cages. Okay. Ryan, are are Ryan, we, we getting you know, to
3: the point that we're
2: going to have to I'm do here, that.
1: And Do you know
3: why there's a backboard? Do you have any idea why there's a backboard? I've heard this story. Look the history up. Uh, I had the coach Bar- or Mr. Barnett here, Doctor Barnett, great teacher I had here for sports history. But anyway, originally the James Naismith there was not a backboard. No. the backboard was put up because what Ryan said, the fans would get and reach over and try and deflect the shot. Because in the old YMCA's, you had the the track and you had yes. the area. They put the backboard up to keep the people back. It was never intended to bank the ball off of it. was to keep people from interfering with the trailer. I mean, go
1: Google it, folks. You know, it,
2: you know it's getting to the point to where basketball courts are going to turn into hockey arenas, yeah. to where you're going to put plexiglass up around with a way to be able to keep fans at bay if something happens or what have you. And it's 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 crazy to think. Here's of.
3: what's gonna happen, the interest in the game's gonna drop in the kids. Yes. Because if it's a stressful environment, let's think I don't want to pick on our dentist that listen, but how many of you enjoy going to the dentist when you know you're in for a root canal? You're gonna be there for a while. You dread it, you go when basketball and sports become that because of adults running for kids, kids will find a way to avoid it. You're gonna see numbers go down and the kids are gonna they're gonna be the ones that's gonna drive the ship because the adults are doing what they're doing. The kids, I think the interest will drop. Who wants to go and be in that environment? Well,
2: and it's interesting that we, we bring all of this up around the same time. This happens, I believe it was actually yesterday, marks the anniversary, if you remember, the big scrum back in NBA with Ron Artest. Uh-huh. That that f- goes out in, in the, the palace. palace. Malice in the palace. That has been, that is the anniversary of the date, and it's something that, you see the guys at the higher levels doing certain things, it bleeds over to these kids. Whether they want these kids to look up to them as mentors or not, they do. And when they see their heroes doing things and they think that it's okay, it continues. But when you're being reinforced at home by the way that the parents and family are acting at these programs and these games, something has to give. And it's one of the things, when, is, when does it – finally become an issue that somebody finally sets their foot down and says enough's enough does somebody get hurt does somebody get worse than that certainly we hope neither one happens but uh coach marone i'm like you it's it's for the love of the game we need to let the kids have well, it. just
3: in closing I, i've been coaching a long time there's a lot of guys good friends of mine people that no longer coach all right one of the things that start to affect they love the game they love kids it's a lot of that kind of stuff, and there's, they're losing a lot of good people in the coaching profession.
1: The adults out there, I want to remind you that you once were children as well, and I want you to put yourself in your child's shoes and those situations that they are being put into now and kind of, uh, like, like Coach Monroe said, take a step back and, and see it from all perspectives. And uh, I think that can help your mindset and your mentality a whole lot as you go to a game. Okay, wow, got a little deep. Um, <laughs> We're going to come back. We're going to step aside. We're going to lighten the mood up and talk basketball again, which is what we like, the games, not any of the problems that surround it. We'll have a scoreboard update for you as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. Two hours to go here on the Fast
5: Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates carrying Basketball Friday Night throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliate, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP Ravenswood. Big thank you to Mike Graham carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Also, 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP in Spencer. 104.5 FM WASP LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP LP Wayne, Knight's Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate, rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. Don't forget our poll question. Go to our webpage, basketballnight.com. It's on the right-hand side of the page. What's the most all-around competitive region in West Virginia, girls or boys, region one
5: through four?
0: This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit basketballnight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at basketballnight.com or on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10:03 on this basketball
1: Friday night in West Virginia. Happy to have you along. Hour two of the program now underway. We'll get a scoreboard update in just a moment, but we do want to let you know you can give us a call in at one 345 4709 Join the discussion. It's been a lively one tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, we act like we've been gone for two weeks. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> uh, And, you know, we were talking to Bill Nestor earlier, voice of the Robert Seabird Flying Eagles, about start stops. This program, you know, we had two programs. Then we had uh, Christmas and then New Mm -hmm. Year's. Then we had uh, two programs, and then we got snowed out.
2: Let's hope we don't. Se- we haven't set a like a precedence of of
1: what the weather is going to bring coming forward. I mean, they're trying to schedule games, and we're just trying to have a show. Yeah, <laughs>
2: and, and that's you know the, we kind of need them to have games so we have a reason for a show. I'm sure people don't want to listen to us talk for three hours. So
1: no, we don't want to talk. No, for three hours <laughs> no. that's not how no. that, that's, that's not how this works. More more them, less us. That's right. And uh, but again, tonight. The eastern panhandle, some games affected still. There were 40 inches of snow. And I saw some amazing time-lapse video from Martinsburg. Um, someone had, had set their a camera up to take a, a still photo every two minutes for the duration of the 27 hours of snow that they received. And it took 40 seconds. By the time it was all mashed together. And they had 40 inches of snow. So you saw an inch of snow that wasn 't that that was the average because there were times where you could tell they got a gust in there and it really blew it up, but you saw a park bench basically it wasn 't it wasn 't a park it was' a like a bench area disappear, the skeleton from Halloween that was sitting there disappear, <laughs> and the yardstick <laughs> that was sitting beside it disappear
2: yeah I, I was i felt I felt good about my time lapse video that I'd put together on our front porch. I set it out uh, Friday just before the storm hit. And uh, there was no snow out whatsoever. I took a picture every minute for six hours. And uh, it was 354 total pictures. It took 11 seconds to go through. And my camera ended up buried under six inches of snow. So you actually see the snow (laughs) build up and then bury the camera. And then I hear about this 40 inches of, and I just like, well, I just wanted to erase my video. I felt so lowly, but I, I can't even fathom 40 inches of snow. And once one time that's just amazing it's over
1: three feet of snow. Look at you <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a uh, maybe baby <laughs>
3: you,
1: you know you know what I said the yardstick disappeared' <laughs> that was kind of uh, I'm
3: just trying to take the leap for the lower like me I mean I need that.
1: <laughs> uh, we' just of course now we hope to hear from Rick Kozlowski a little bit later on in the show if, if he's able to, to I, call I, us. I
2: know he's able to call he'll and, find a way he'll find a way He's
1: a resourceful fellow. But, uh, <laughs> he's
2: something that's for certain
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah definitely I uh, look forward to that but hey we know you're here because you want scores we're here because we want to help you get those scores and James give us another basketballnight.com scoreboard update looking for scores look no
2: more go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the mountain state we'll start first with the girls scoreboard Princeton with a 61-43 win over Nicholas County. It was Frankfurt picking up their 11th win in Class Double A 60-40 win over Mountain Ridge, Maryland. Spring Valley with a 73-61 win over Ripley. That gives the Timberwolves their 10th win this season. Cabell Midland cruising, moving up now 10-5. Two big wins this week. This one coming over Lincoln County tonight, sixty-six to thirty-one. We'll hear from head coach Matt Atkins later on in the program. Wayne a sixty to thirty-eight victory over Mingo Central. Pioneers now thirteen and two. Woodrow Wilson fifty. Shady Spring twenty-nine. It's St. Joe trailing Hamilton Heights, Tennessee, thirty-five to thirty. That game at the half. Gilmer County eighty-five. Calhoun County twenty-eight. Greenbrier, E77, Greater Beckley Christian, 37. It was Fayetteville, 77, Liberty Raleigh, 32, Sissonville, 71, Scott, 19. Notre Dame, 66, Tigers Valley, 27, and Willing Park with a 56 41 dispatching of St. Clairsville, Ohio. On the boys' side, these first two games out of the West Virginia Huntington Invitational, it's the Greenbrier West Cavaliers 66, Clay Battelle Seabees 36. Tigers Valley knocks off Cameron 59 55. In the Greater Beckley Christian Classic, Bluefield knocks off Independence 67 52. St. Joe knocks off Chapmanville 69 64. It was Tug Valley picking up its 12th win this season 80 64 over Ravenswood. Notre Dame 80, Trinity 40. Fayetteville defeats Charleston Catholic, 48-43. Webster County over Clay County, 81-40. East Fairmont, the Bees sting the Colts. uh, Phillip Barber, 79-59. Fairmont Senior over Liberty Harrison, 72-29. It was Robert C. Byrd, 65. Grafton, 53. Parkersburg gets a nice win over Greenbrier East, 71-64. Polka defeats Hoover, 65-39. Winfield, over Hurricane 66 58. The Brook Bruins dispatch the John Marshall Monarch 72 35. Lewis County knocks off North Marion 86 47. Lincoln over Preston 66 40. The Mohicans of Morgantown remain undefeated in Class AAA now 12 0 with a 61 43 beating of the University Hawks. Williamstown winners in overtime over Park Catholic 54 52. Aiden City defeats Pawpaw 71-40. It was West Side over Princeton 75-61. Ripley picks up its 13th win this season, now 13-2. The 69-63 win over George Washington. Spring Valley picks up its third win of the season with a 58-42 win over Cabell Midland. Pikeview gets by Summers County 66-61. Tucker County 74, Moorfield 52. In overtime, it was Wheeling Park over Park South. 74-71. Oak Hill winners over Greater Beckley Christian, 73-56. And our final score, this one has been in the third quarter for quite some time, looking for an update on this one. Logan leads Wyoming East 41-33. Go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State.
1: Thank you very much, James. And again, some of the games in the Eastern Panhandle, a few have been able to be played tonight. Not all of them, though. Martinsburg and Hedgesville, were scheduled or Martinsburg and Hedgesville were scheduled to play but uh, that game was postponed. Um, something that we wanted to point out because we caught this on Twitter a little bit and, and this is not to be sarcastic we're actually this we're, we want to help. Cancel means you're there is no makeup date. Postponed means that, or rescheduled is the word that you are looking for there. So uh, just just be careful to use proper terminology in terms of postpone or cancellation. Uh, when you uh interact with us as we try to keep keep everything uh in order keep your uh keep your schedules in order because that that's something that we take a lot of pride in i know marcus and and, and you and uh, Fred Dameron and and all you guys do a whole lot of work james in, in keeping that as as up to date and and as correct as possible uh quite frankly the uh W V S A C WVSSAC website is just a jumbled mess, so it's not really a lot of help when it comes to schedules. But you've got to help us as well.
2: Yeah, the, the, our, our followers on Twitter do a fabulous job of getting that information over to us and a big tip of the hat to Fred and Marcus for all the work they do on the website of trying to keep things up to date. Um, and again, if, if you see a, a, an incorrect score or a missing game or anything, please send that to us. We don't take – any offense to that I mean this is this is all manual labor everything is entered into the website by hand I would love it if we could find a way that it would take the information from Twitter and automatically input it into the website And unfortunately we're not quite there yet so uh, we need your help and again our our goal is we want everything to be 100% accurate we understand mistakes happen and we certainly hope that you do too but uh, Hoops underscore roundup, the Twitter account, basketballnight.com, the webpage. Uh, There's all kinds of ways that you can get in touch with us. You can text us, tweet us, email us. Um, I don't know if uh, Marcus has any other cool little things set up yet, but uh, go to basketballnight.com. There's a way just about every person out there that's in the world of technology can get scores over to us, corrections, updates, and then also don't forget – Every week, our basketball night standout athlete of the week. You can uh, select your submission there. We'll hear from uh, Ethan Miller, our standout athlete of the week this week from Calhoun County, coming up again at ten
1: thirty. Yeah, looking forward to that. And um, you know one thing that we that I that I feel that sometimes that I don't do a, a very good job with on this show, and I want to kind of rectify that right now. We've got Coach Marone right here, head coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels. We sometimes neglect to actually talk with him about his team. <laughs> It's not about it's not about his team. It's just Coach Marone. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I mean, you know, we try to talk to coaches across the state about their teams and how they're doing, and so I, I just feel like sometimes we just kind of lose sight that you know Coach Marone. It, it, it is,
2: you know, we call him Coach Marone, and we always forget. You know, he's still currently a coach. You know, he, he thinks he's he's got an early game in the morning. He's going to try to jet out of here on us early. No, but uh, you you bring up a, a very good point there, Ryan. And uh, you know, Coach Marone, um, it, it's it's been one of those seasons for you. It's you've you've Started to rebuild a little bit, starting to get things rolling. Tell us about your program this year.
3: Well, uh, like you said, uh, trying to get things back in the right direction. Uh, you know, we've been up and down a little bit. We've on, been on a pretty good run of late. We've won eight of 11, and uh, we got a lot of young kids. Uh, we got some really talented kids, are fun to watch. Uh, but with some of that youth, sometimes it uh, can drive coaches. If I had hair, it'd probably be great. Uh, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. We got great kids to work with, we got some really talented players. We got a good support. I got a great coaching staff, Coach Gerald's and Coach Jude, my assistants. Uh, you know, you're only as good as your assistants are. And uh, it's been an exciting year so far. We're getting in kind of the kind of the tough stretch towards the end of the year. We've got a couple of tough games coming up starting tomorrow.
2: Now you bring up an interesting name. You mentioned. Your sister, Coach Gerald's, but you also got a, a a cat on the floor with the last David Gerald's that does a lot of work for you as well. Tell us about her.
3: Yeah, we've got uh, we've got some uh, really talented players. One of those, uh, Dina Gerald's, a freshman for us this year, has uh, had an outstanding year so far. Uh, she had uh, thirty-one last night against Scott, uh, uh, ten assists. Uh, she really does a lot of things uh, to help. Everyone on her team to be better players, and I think that's the really the good thing. If their points need to be scored, there's games where she hasn't scored as many points, but she's created for others. Uh, we've got some uh, her running mate uh, Mariah Finley. They've been running together for several years. Mariah is a great player. She's uh, about five six. I'm stretching her a little bit, but uh, she had uh, she has eight to ten rebounds every game. Uh, she's run the point. She runs a two guard. She played the point last year for us. So those two are kind of a great tandem together, and and I've coached long enough to know when you've got uh, excellent guard play, we feel like that duo is as good as anybody in the state. Now, I I may be prejudiced, but uh, those two really get it done in a lot of ways. And uh, we've got a great supporting cast. Uh, We've got Tosh Nichols. Uh, uh, We have another freshman, Sarah Jude, that plays a lot. Michaela Messer is the only senior we got. Uh, Alyssa Cloud, uh, a really good junior for us uh you know we've got uh marley markham off the bench we don't have a lot of numbers we don't have a lot of depth but uh you know we feel really good about uh, the group that we have and we just feel like they work well together so it's been a learning curve Uh, you know you're going from middle school ball to high school ball it's a much more physical game there's a big difference in an 18 year old senior and a 14 year old freshman a 15 year old sophomore so we're nine and six Uh, we're five and two i think in the cardinals so we're still in the thick of things we're still uh, we have our sights set down the road but uh you know, we feel really good about the team that we have so far. We've played a rugged schedule. Our non-conference schedule, we feels as good as anybody. we played GW. we played Princeton. we played a Chesapeake team, a Fairland team. I've always done that. I've took some hits this year from people because, you know, they think, well, maybe we should, uh, you know, soften up our non-conference. The Cardinals are really tough this year in, uh, in girls. But I feel like you got to get ready for the tournament. So our record's maybe not as good as others, kind of like Bluefield's coach Malamachi was talking about. We played Bluefield. I mean, you know, uh, you know I, I, our schedule, I think I got accused for child abuse before the season because <laughs> some of the teams we played, but uh, we're, our record maybe isn't as gaudy as some others, but I feel like we've been
1: improving. The Cardinal Conference in particular this year is highly competitive. I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, systemvilles the reigning state champs and have a lot of people back. It's just a very the rugged conference night in night out. It takes a physical toll.
3: Well, it does, and uh, you've been to a couple. You've been to a couple of our games, but uh, I know uh, some of the Wayne games over there. But uh, and everybody knows each other. And the thing is, all five of the teams in our section are conference members. So you're going to go toe to toe twice during the season. And then if you want to get out and get into regionals, you're going to fight through somebody that knows you inside and out. So. Uh, you're right. It's a very physical conference, and it has its ebbs and flows. Uh, I want to big big hat, hats off to our boys program. Uh, they're they're one of the top teams in that section. rarely unexpected. Uh, they had just a couple wins over the last two years. But the girls Cardinal Conference again. We got the state champion in our conference. Uh, we're proud of our conference, uh, and uh, we're excited to be a part of it. I think it gets us ready for the tournament. I think the fact that you do have to battle every night.
1: Well, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Dave Rogers, the head coach of the Martinsburg Bulldogs boys basketball team. Get an update on the snow up there as well. Yeah, that's a great way to get it, straight from the horse's mouth. There you go. We'll talk with Coach Rogers when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Join
6: us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. What's the most all-around competitive region in West Virginia high school basketball, boys and girls, this season? Vote region one through four. Let us know. You've got till 11.45 tonight. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A shout out to some of our new Twitter followers tonight. Thank you for following us at hoops underscore roundup, including Noah Hensman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason Nine Eight Nine, Alex Bleckenbeckler, Jasmine Theek, Tina Lane at Tina Lane Seventy One, Jason Westfall, Coach D, Hunter Ridgeway, Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mister Flatley and Evan Cole. Once again, follow us on Twitter, and you can give us updates on your team's games. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
5: Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1020 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling,
1: James Collier, Coach Rick Marone with you. On December 17th, the Martinsburg Bulldogs were playing in a Nike tournament in Hawaii. And now the Martinsburg Bulldogs had a game canceled today because of a snow, basically, that fell last week. Dave Rogers is the coach of the Bulldogs. He joins us now. Coach, have you been trying to get another trip to Hawaii here recently?
9: <laughs> I don't know, but I want to tell you what. It's 80-some degrees over there. It's nice to be walking that beach. Um, and I tell you what, we had about 40 inches. We haven't had school all week. Just finally got back in the gym today after last Thursday. So we've been out of the gym since last Thursday. And uh, we had a game canceled tonight. And uh, we were supposed to play Morgantown tomorrow. And we've got a uh, we've got a problem with a roof leak in our gym. So that's not going to happen tomorrow. So we've got two games that we've got to reschedule.
1: Well, Coach, this is something we've, we've talked with, with several coaches about tonight. and And you just touched on it there. It's hard to schedule a practice, let alone a game right now
5: oh it
9: is it's uh you know our our policy is no school, no practice and, and of course with forty inches of snow it's tough to it's tough to get out most of everything was one lane and uh you know you're out with your snow blower and it's over top of your snow blower and it uh it, it's been uh has been a long time since we've had that much snow at one time
1: well, coach i uh, I know that um Snow obviously is a big factor up there, but uh, on the basketball floor, your team twelve and two now, and uh, you know both those losses were uh, in in Hawaii to um, you know power type programs that that aren't your traditional high school teams. And, and just tell me about uh, where you are right now compared to uh, where you want this team to be in uh, about a month from now.
9: Well, I tell you what, they're improving. Uh, we've had some, uh, we've had some good basketball teams at Martinsburg High School. This might be the quickest team that I've ever had in 42 years. Uh, we're not exceptionally big, uh, but we are quick and we've got some good athletes that, that do a great job. And, and you're right. We, you know, we went to Hawaii. We knew what we were getting into. I mean, Sierra Canyon, uh, was on TV the other day. They're ranked in the top 10 in the country. And, and uh, Mount Saint Joe. So you know when you play those private schools, um, uh, we were on the elevator with uh, a couple guys and 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 uh, 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 they from the team from Indiana, and he, he he was from China. I said, "What you live in China?" He said, "Yeah, but I go to school in Indiana." So you know we know that they go after the best players in the country, and then once they get there, sometimes they they move them back a year. So you're you're playing older, bigger uh, more stronger, uh, players. And we knew that going in, but you know, that we've never backed off that, uh, competition before in the past. I mean, we've played the, Mathas mathos and, uh, and, uh, teams out of DC before. So we know what we're getting into there, but I thought our players, uh, hung in there and did a great job. And, uh, and we beat the teams we should have beaten, and and um, and now we're back home and back in our element. And uh, you know we've got some good teams in our area. We played Musselman the other night and won on the last second shot. Musselman's got a nice ball club, and and so it's 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 uh, it's tough. I've seen Morgantown, they're very good. I've seen GW, they're very good. Uh, so it's um, it, it's going to be a great uh, basketball season here, Triple-A coming up here at T in March.
2: Coach, you talk about the two games that you've lost this week the game with Hedgesville tonight, and then obviously Morgantown tomorrow. When you look at trying to reschedule those, you move those into the month of February, you've got very few open dates to the point to where it almost sets up much like a mini dress rehearsal for the type of run you might have to make in Charleston if you want a chance at a state title. Is that kind of a blessing in disguise or a silver lining of the clouds that that loom over Martinsburg right now of, you're going to get an opportunity to see what your players can truly do in that type of setting.
9: Well, you are, and and you know you've got to go play. I mean, you you know it may be that you just practice one day and you've got to go play, and that, and, and that's part of being in a winter sport. It's not like we can practice all week and we know we're going to play on a Friday night. I mean, you you've got to take it as it comes, um, and you know we're we're blessed with depth. We go we go nine and ten deep. Uh, we're very young. We, we, we really, uh, we're have a couple of seniors that we play. And, and so it's given our younger players some experience to, to get after it. But, you know, it's, it's just going to be one of those things where you've got to adapt and you have to adjust. And if you can, you'll be successful. If you can't, you won't.
1: Well, coach, uh, you go back just a, a couple of years and, uh, you had, a. uh, a Division One caliber player, who, who ended up uh, being a, a major college signee, and then um, you know you kind of had to step back a little bit last year. But tell me about you. you talk about having the depth and having the uh, the, the overall team quickness, but also you're, you're you're also having a team that's that got a lot of experience a year ago and got better as the season went along. I think you're safe to say you're reaping the rewards of that now.
9: Well, I think so you know you 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 kind of your programs if you're in this business long enough, you're going all the way around that wheel and of course, we had Dante Grantham, who now starts what well he started as a freshman at Clemson, I watched him on t v the other night and uh that was a that was a great bunch of young people that uh, that that hung together and and did a great job you know you've gotta it's tough to win a state title with one or two good players you have to have. Good players, and you have to have good supporting staff. And and yeah, we did, and we we uh, we went through some growing pains, and now uh, we've got some players that have stepped up um, and and are doing a great job for us.
1: And one last question: This I know this is a little bit um, off topic, but uh, from your geographical location, obviously uh, in the Eastern Panhandle, you're you're right next to Maryland, right next to Virginia, and, and not far from from DC. So you get to see. Various calibers of teams from other states. Do you feel that the the level of play in West Virginia is somewhat underappreciated?
9: Oh, I don't. I think you're correct there. I mean, they uh, you know they mentioned the state of West Virginia, but you know they've got to remember some of the great teams that have come out of West Virginia and some of the players with you know Jason Williams and uh, Randy Moss, and <laughs> and uh, it was interesting to. When we went to our tournament, uh, I got to talk to the gentleman from Nike who runs the tournaments, and, and he remembered uh, back uh, in 94 when we beat DuPont mm-hmm. for the championship team, and they called me from their home uh, headquarters in Oregon and said, Coach, we just picked up Randy Moss. Uh, where spot Nike is sponsoring him, and uh, the ad that we're running is him dunking the basketball in the state tournament, and you've got three of your players that are standing there watching him dunk and said, do you want us to block their face out? And I called the players down and said, fellas, what do you think? And they looked at me and said, coach, we want to be in the commercial. said, we won the ball. (laughs) So we, we, uh, you know, we've had great players come through our state, you know, and I remember when we had uh, Kevin Pitsnoggle went on to WVU and did a great job and Marcellus Basie played at WVU and, Bo that at uh, Bucknell. And so there's been a lot of good players come out of the state of West Virginia. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the, the 213 team that, that we kind of went around for those three weeks. And, and we played the AAU circuit. Um, I had a group out of uh, Virginia Beach. A guy came up to me He said, Coach, this is a high school team. All these on one team? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I want you to know we've got the best in the Virginia Beach area, and we'll try to take it easy on you. And I said, I appreciate that. I think we ended up winning that game by 20. So, you know, you get those years. You build for those years. You you hope everything goes right. You've got to, you know, to get that state title, you've got to have some breaks. And you got to stay healthy and things have to fall your way because there's a very fine line between that champion and the next one down. And, uh, and there's a lot of teams that have won state titles that maybe weren't the best team, but they were at that time. And um, so we just appreciate what we have here in Eastern Panhandle, and hopefully we continue to build on that.
1: Coach Rogers, great pleasure to speak with you tonight, and hopefully the, the gym roof gets patched and the snow melts and – We can put all this behind us. Hey, we can do it. Hey, all right. That's uh, Martinsburg boys basketball coach Dave Rogers. Again, the Bulldogs, unfortunately, unable to play Hedgesville tonight and having to postpone their game with Morgantown. That was scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, Still dealing with some after effects of that winter storm in the eastern panhandle. They had 40 inches of snow in Martinsburg. Unbelievable. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll have a scoreboard update, and we'll hear from T.G. Griffith at WYAP in Clay County. A good friend of the program that looking forward to hearing from T.G. here in just a moment as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. Part of basketballnight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a text, a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. And you can visit basketballnight.com. Just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. You can also go there and sign up to receive notification when we send it out. We'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Lots of ways that you can send scores to us. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our daily Hoops Roundup. Like I said, we want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night family. On Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. You can text us with scores 304 249 4924. 304 249 4924. Check it out at basketballnight.com. The Daily Hoops Roundup. And if you see anything wrong or a game that's missing, we want to know about that too. We want to try to keep the records as accurate as we can. Coming up, it's going to be our standout athlete of the week who's going to join Erica Bowles from Fairmont. Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders, and Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees. That's coming up in the next segment. Go to basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, and you can nominate someone from your team.
5: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 1032
1: on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone, and Andrew Harrison all with you. We'll talk to Andrew in just a moment. But first, we need a scoreboard update. Like it when I surprise the guys in the back with that. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. And that was me. I just kind of pulled that one out on them without a, without giving them a warning about doing the scoreboard there. Boys basketball action tonight throughout the state of West Virginia in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational. It was Greenbrier West defeating Clay Battelle 66 36. It was Tigers Valley's Bulldogs defeating Cameron 59 55. In the Greater Beckley Christian Classic at the Raleigh County Armory, Bluefield defeats Independence 67-52. El- elsewhere tonight, also in the Hometown Invitational, Van, who is a top seed. The Bulldogs are now 12-2. They beat Buffalo tonight 62-32. The Bulldogs did been very well down in Boone County. Also tonight, St. Joe defeats Chapmanville Regional 69 Other scores from across the state of West Virginia in boys' basketball action tonight. The Tug Valley Panthers are 12-1 after an 80-64 win over Ravenswood. It was Work County defeating Tyler Consolidated 58-50. Notre Dame picks up its 10th win of the season over Trinity 80-40. The Fighting Irish double up the Warriors tonight. Fayetteville defeats Charleston Catholic 48-43. It was... Webster County going to 12-0 with an 81-40 win over Clay County. We'll talk more about that game a little bit later on tonight as well. Also tonight, it was East Fairmont over Philip Barber, 79-59. Fairmont Senior defeats Liberty Harrison, 72-29. Robert C. Byrd, 65. Grafton, 53. The Parkersburg Big Reds are 9-4 after beating Greenbrier East tonight, 71-64. Also tonight, final score, the Polka Dots defeat the Herbert Hoover Huskies, 65-39. Polka now 11-2. Winfield wins the Cross County Showdown with Hurricane tonight. The Generals get the win, 66-58. The Brook Bruins pick up their third win of the season. They double up John Marshall, 70-35. It was Lewis County over North Marion, 86-47. Lincoln defeats Preston tonight, 66-40. Madonna over Steubenville Catholic Central 57 52. The Wayne Pioneers pick up their fifth win of the year over Mingo Central tonight. The Miners now just 1 13 after making the state tournament a year ago. 55 46 Wayne gets the win. Morgantown is still undefeated. The Mohegans 12 0 after a 61 43 win over Crosstown Rival University. It was Mount View tonight defeating James Monroe in a fantastic game in overtime 49 48. The Golden Knights get the win in Linside. Williamstown defeats Parkersburg Catholic also in overtime. Also on the road, the Yellow Jackets win it 54-52. It was Peyton City defeating Paul 71-40. Westside over Princeton 75-61. The Ripley Vikings are 13-2 after defeating the George Washington Patriots 69-63 in the South Hills of Charleston earlier tonight. Also tonight, Spring Valley's Timberwolves get a win over Cabell Midland, 58-42. It was Pikeview over Summers County, 66-61. Tucker County defeats Moorefield, 74-52. Wahama over Belfry, Ohio, 68-64. Wheeling Park with an overtime win over Parkersburg South, 74-71. Another hometown invitational game, East Hardy defeats Calhoun County, 70-60. Another Greenbrier, uh, excuse me, another Greater Beckley Christian classic. It was Oak Hill over Greater Beckley Christian, 73-56. Logan defeats Wyoming East tonight, 57-47. And the South Harrison Hawks, a winner over Valley Fayette by a score of 51-42. In girls action tonight, we'll rattle through these quickly here tonight. It was Princeton over Nicholas County 61-43. Frankfort over Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 60-40. Princeton, again, I mentioned that win over Nicholas County. Uh, Riverviews Raiders defeat Mountview tonight, 60-37. Spring Valley over Ripley, 73-61. Chapmanville Regional defeats Herbert Hoover, 64-48. Cavill Midland defeats Lincoln County, 66-31. Wayne now 13-2 after a 60-38 win over Mingo Central. Woodrow Wilson defeats Shady Spring tonight, 50-29. Hamilton Heights, Tennessee defeats Huntington St. Joe, 53-44. It was Gilmer County over Calhoun County, 85-28. The Titans are 14-1. Greenbrier East defeats Greater Beckley Christian tonight by 40, 77-37. It was Fayetteville over Liberty Raleigh, 77-32. Sissonville defeats Scott tonight, 71-19. Notre Dame over Tigers Valley, 66-27. And Willing Park, a 56-41 win over St. Clairsville, Ohio. That is a check on your score scoreboard update. James, it's time for our standout athlete.
2: We've got a great standout athlete of the week this week. Coming out of Calhoun County is uh, Ethan Miller. Ethan uh, I talked with uh, his coach this morning, Danny Bunch, he, uh, he says his biggest thing that he had to, to get him to do was shoot the basketball more. He said he's one of the he's a very unselfish player um, coming in this season, averaging 15 plus a game, four points or four assists and four steals and Andrew, I know you've had a chance to talk with Coach Bunch as well, and we'll talk with Ethan in just a little bit, but he's a, he's kind of a model athlete of what you want on your team because he's very unselfish and he puts everybody else out there in front of himself.
10: Yeah, and he, do, he does that, especially with a program, a uh, senior program that's there that works with youth and little kids. It's almost like little camps and mentoring programs for basketball. And it's something Coach Bunch told me, if it's something, if it's not pressing, he's always there. He doesn't miss many of those since he started as a freshman, and he really is one of the leadership uh, points for this team in helping um, kind of spearhead
2: that program through. He's a three-sport athlete, plays basketball, baseball, and football. And uh, I had a chance to talk with Ethan a little bit last night as well. And I, I was getting a bit to send some pictures over that we could use for the program. And he, we were just talking basketball, and he said – I play baseball and football. Do you want pictures for those as well? I said, absolutely, send everything you have. And his
10: father is one thing that when when talking with his father, he said he is a busy guy. He says he doesn't know how he is able to do it some of the time, but he does it. He works out hard through the offseason, and he continues to improve not only in basketball but football and
1: baseball. Ethan Miller is our standout athlete of the week and He joins us now on the program. Ethan, uh, congratulations on uh, being our Standard Athlete of the Week. Thank you very much. All right. uh, The the Calhoun County uh, Red Devils, we we mentioned earlier uh, tonight, uh, Calhoun County uh, coming up short against East Hardy in the Hometown Invitational. Um, Before we get into talking about you being the Student Athlete of the Week, tell me a little bit about playing in that Hometown Invitational where you get to play – Teams that you normally wouldn't uh, like East Hardy making the trip into Mount Zion doesn't happen very often.
11: No, that's the first team I played. Th- that's the first time I have played them ever. <laughs> uh, There's a long drive away. yeah we didn't have to go there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a lot shorter trip home from a home game than it is from. Uh, to, to make that trip but uh nonetheless uh i get uh, and james i uh, got a little bit more here with you
2: yeah even we, we talked uh yesterday and it's one of the things i'm talking with your father as well you're you're a very busy person not only in school but um, playing three sports tell me about being able to juggle everything that comes along with being a standout athlete of of taking care of the schoolwork but also being able to excel not only at basketball but also baseball and football
11: uh, well, all my coaches preach school comes first. So you've got to get school work out of the way first. So then after that comes your workouts and just in season focus on what it is and all season try to focus on all three of them at the same time. So it's just kind of difficult to juggle history in the off season.
1: Ethan, just looking up at, uh, you know, uh, if you look at basketballnight.com and of course this, this we archived as well in the video, we've got uh, a graphic up, looking at, at some of your on the court accomplishments, and averaging 15 and points per game, four assists, four steals. I think that that says a lot about your unselfishness. And, and and Andrew talked a little bit earlier about you, you being in a senior leadership camp, and just just tell me about how you've been able to translate that from uh, taking that from a camp setting onto the floor or onto the uh, the field of competition.
11: Oh, well, all the guys on our team like helping out the younger guys in the 4-H league. But I trust all my teammates on the court, so getting in the ball is not a problem. I trust them almost as much as I trust myself for just as much. So I know they're going to get the job done when they get the ball.
1: So when your coach Danny Bunch says that your only weakness is not believing how good you actually are and then uh, he said you need to shoot the ball a little bit more, you don't feel like you have the green light now all of a sudden, right? (laughs)
11: Oh, I always knew I had the
12: green light. He always told me I
2: need to shoot more and more and more and more. <laughs> Ethan, you, we talked about you working with the the camps and the and the youngsters around the program. How how special is that for you to have that opportunity to work with younger kids that look up to you as a mentor and have a chance to kind of spread some of the knowledge and and your involvement with the game to to kids that are going to be taking over your spot once you move along.
11: Oh, it's very special. All the guys on our team have a very good relationship with all the younger kids. They enjoy basketball just as much as we do. They just they love to learn the game. And I just want to see them succeed once they get up and take our spots.
1: Well, Ethan, something that uh, a lot of – I know this is something that – being from a rural area myself, when you're from one, you're used to it. It's not a big deal to you. But uh, being, being in Calhoun County, which is a, a little bit – like I said, it's rural, a little bit spread out there. Uh, in terms of uh, mm-hmm. where do the kids come from into the school. How big is it to have a community setting there when, again, it, it is one of those rural schools that takes in kids from a wide-ranging area, not a densely populated area? Oh, it's
11: very important. We, all, we have all the guys on our team, we've known each other since we were young, just worked together and worked up since we've been young. We all have good chemistry with each other. and That helps a lot knowing each other and knowing how each other plays.
1: Well, Ethan, again, we congratulate you on being our student athlete of the week and certainly wish you and your Calhoun County Red Devils the, the best of luck the rest of the way, not only uh, on the court but off the court as well.
13: Thank
1: you. All right, thank you very much. And uh, Andrew, I think uh, I think Ethan right there kind of summed things up a little bit. Uh, I, I, it's kind of funny, his coach saying that he needed to believe more in himself. Sound sounded like he was self-confident. It didn't sound like he lacked confidence, but – Maybe just needed to trust. Maybe, maybe he's wanting him to trust himself on the floor a little bit.
10: Well, Coach Bunch told me that it, on the floor when he's playing, players are looking to him more now instead of getting into positions time, for the plays already. That they're looking for him, and he says sometimes that puts them in positions where they have to stall a little bit. But uh, they really look to him at the point guard position. He's leading them
1: strong this season. We'll have more with Ethan here in just a moment. we got to step aside. We'll take a break. We'll regroup. We'll get to T.G. Griffith. I thank you so much, T.G., for hanging in there with us. We'll get you right after this break on
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: <laughs> Streaming live. Video from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the listen live tab. Become part of the Basketball Friday Night family. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Call the show. We want to hear from you. Toll-free, 855-345-4709, 855-345-4709. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight. Shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Jones, William Richards, Pusha C, J. Mark Gladwell, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler twenty four twenty four twenty four, Jody Basil, Taxi four thirty one, Chris Wharton, WVHS Sports, S. Boggs at Guardian Girl seventy six, Joe Burcato, Samuel Friend, and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till eleven forty-five tonight. And the poll question: What's the most all-round competitive region in West Virginia high school basketball, boys and girls, this season? Vote region one through four.
5: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 48,
1: 1048 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone with you. A big thanks to Andrew Harrison for uh, his work there in our uh, Student Athlete of the Week with uh, Ethan Miller of calhoun county high school we'll have more on him later on tonight in the program in our, in our final hour also but uh i want to go back to the phone line somebody who's been a regular with us for the first two years of the program and um haven't got to hear from him this year but we've got him now and unfortunately we had to make him hold for 25 minutes i tell you <laughs> welcome we, to the I, program <laughs> sorry sorry tg thank you for hanging in with us tonight
14: okay guys thanks hey yeah, I've been uh, uh, been a lot of things going on on the weekends. I couldn't been out of town a couple of times and had a few issues outside the world of high school basketball. And to tell you the truth, I am not a very good interviewer or interviewee. I just tell everybody, hey, I just do basketball. I don't speculate. I don't predict. I don't second guess. And that keeps me out of trouble a little bit, too. So I, I... that's about where I'm coming from And. Uh, Of course, I just got back from Webster County a little while ago uh, where we ran into number uh, three double-A school or four double-A school in the state, playing without uh, Robbie uh, uh, Coger tonight uh, and took took care of business pretty well up there. Uh, Coach Nutter and Mazzelli both doing a bang-up job, got a good bunch of kids with um, one compensation we did hold them under their 85 point average so <laughs> we came out there with some a little bit of confidence um coach i take well we're 0 and 10 we we're still looking for a first win but coach gibson only has two guys he's got two uh guys that were started last year they're both seniors this year and two players that, that saw some significant playing time but he's got like Four players that haven't played basketball since middle school, and he's got one guy that's never played competitive basketball at all. So he's trying to find some combination there to, to gel. So he has to play everybody he can, and uh, we're just uh, we're struggling right now. But the boys still got uh, a good uh, competitive spirit, and uh, hope they don't get down. We'll, we'll win one here sooner or later, bound to.
5: I think. Watson. And then
14: ladies lost their third game of the week uh, or third game of the season this. We were talking about the Lady Titans a while ago Uh, at fourteen to one. They knocked us off by eleven points at home um, the other night. So uh, we're ten and three, uh, and um, we're still trying to kind of gel together too. So without uh, you know, with since uh, Mackenzie Barker's gone, Uh, but uh, girls are are coming together and uh, learning to play without her.
1: And she's having a, a good freshman campaign up at Monmouth. Uh, University. Yeah. Yeah. Tg. Again, we know you cover Clay County. Uh, Webster County is kind of one of those enigmas in that a lot of people don't get to see them. Uh, So I want I wanted to get your your take on that Webster County ball club, Uh, undefeated Double A team, ranked third in the state, but haven't necessarily played any of the the schools that are traditional Double A powers to this point. You got to see them in person up uh, in what's what I've been told turned into a very fun environment for them to play in at home tonight. What were, what was your impression seeing them?
14: Uh, they, they're a very up-tempo team. They, they like to get the ball out and run. They, I don't know, tonight they were, I, I mean, they shot the lights out. I think they hit like 16 three-pointers or something. They just, no matter who they ran in, they'd hit a three or two. Uh, and uh, that that impressed me too actually we we rebounded they're not a very big team um their guards are like one uh but uh and those are the, the biggest guys on the floor usually um but they're just they're very quick and and the the B team I think they beat us by 30 30 points too and and they play the same style of ball uh but uh <laughs> You say, well, you know, because of where they're located, they haven't played anybody, but they're undefeated in I think eight, no, in the LKC. Uh, beat Ravenswood the other night um, by four or five points. Uh, so, hey, you know, you you have to play who who you've been dealt with, and uh, and they're they're doing that right now. Good, good. Uh, seems like they're they're a good knit, knit team, and, uh, and and yeah, it is surprising because last year I, I don't know they were what eight and. Fifteen or something, and and uh, this year they're just they're putting everybody away.
1: Well, the Clay County girls tomorrow play at Polka. Um, yeah. poka's a sectional uh, rival. Yes. Um, yes. That's a big game for them uh, going on the road against a Polka team that is probably a little bit better than its record indicates.
14: Uh, they are, and, and they you know they're playing in that conference. the, the competition is really tough. Uh, we had a, a fairly good game against Sissonville. Uh, the girls did. Um, we we could play better. And I, and I never harp on officiating, but uh, it made a difference in the game. It, it wasn't biased one way or the other, but the, the kids just didn't know how to react. And and there was a, there was a lot of controversy in that in that game. So uh, I, I don't want to take anything away from uh, Sissonville either, because Coach has got those girls. Um, playing high and playing fast and uh, and they were uh, they they were cold the first half shooting but they they certainly warmed up in the second half. So they're going to be a force to reckon with as well. Um gosh Rick uh, I guess we won't uh I ho- I hope you guys continue the the uh, rivalry with Clay County even though you'll be dropping down to single A, is that right? Yeah, we'll
3: be single A uh we will be single away for sure in DG. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, But uh, well, hopefully, why? I don't know, they kept me off. They, they turn my mic off from time to time. I don't know why, but uh, I fall for it every time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Coach Ramsey, a uh, good friend of mine uh, in coaching, uh, she's been at it a long time like myself. And it's a great rivalry for us. We hope to continue that. And uh, oh, yeah. even though we're going to Class A, it's a great basketball, great environment. Uh, we'll be playing again this year, uh, latter part of the season uh, at St. Albans. It's a nice uh, neutral site game for both of us, Coach Scott James lets us host it there, and it's about the same trip for both of us. So, yeah, we plan on keeping that going. And, T.G., I want to tell you a big thank you. Over the years, uh, you guys do a great job. We've had some real battles up there in Clay, and uh, you've always uh, brought those games home. A lot of our folks back home got to listen to Lady Rebel basketball on your uh, station, uh, and it was a a, a real true joy and blessing for our people back home. So thank you for all that you all do.
14: Well, that's okay. And we might not be very good, but we have a lot of fun. And hey, it's all about the kids
1: anyway. Hey, hey, that, that part I agree with. I don't, I'm not going to agree with you about not being good. No. No, they do a great job. I'm, I'm, I'm not falling for that one there, TG. But hey, we missed you. It was good to hear from you again tonight. And hopefully, uh, we can start. Yeah, we make this a regular thing on Friday nights again. Uh,
14: yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, certainly would. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate you guys.
1: All right. Thank you very much. That's TG Griffith of the WYAP in Clay. Sticking to the phone lines, Brian Johnson, WCEF, had the call of Ripley, George Washington. Ripley getting the win tonight. Their boys' basketball team uh, picking up a win over the Patriots. And Brian Ripley continues its strong start to the season and does so down in the Canal Valley, where I think you can't really go under the radar anymore. <laughs>
15: No, I think tonight may have announced our arrival on the scene as a team that uh, needs to be reckoned with in the state of West Virginia in Class AAA. Uh, You know, we had an embarrassing losing streak to those guys going into tonight, 26 consecutive games dating back to 1997-98 season, uh, when uh, then Randy Anderson – uh, was the head coach at Ripley High School, and uh, i tell you what, it's been a long time coming for these kids, and, you know, you just couldn't be more proud of of a team, uh, a team full of just nice kids, too. They really give you no trouble, and they, they go out and they ball. I mean, they have got to be given a lot of credit. Coach Faulkner and his staff have to be given a lot of credit. You know, we expected them to be much improved, but to say that uh, at the beginning of the season we'd be sitting here at 13-2 and two, uh, I, I would have been lying if I told you I felt like, you know, we could be there. But you can start to see the confidence growing in these kids. The fans are starting to wonder what if and what could possibly happen. You know, we still have a long way to go, of course. But, uh, you know, confidence right now is probably at its highest point as I've probably seen it in this program.
2: Brian, you talk about uh, the team may have finally arrived throughout the state. You go into GW's gymnasium and come away with a win. I talked with Ron Hess with Huntington earlier this year when they knocked off the Patriots in overtime, and he said uh, we don't get a lot of wins here. As a matter of fact, it uh, it had gone back all the way back to 2006. This is the last time that Huntington had won in that ball in that gymnasium. You you sent a message across the state of West Virginia. This Vikings team's for real.
15: I think so, James. I really do. Uh, You know, we got Coach Hess beat because it was 98 when we beat him (laughs) there last. So, you know, uh, Coach Green does an outstanding job down there. He always has tremendous basketball teams. They're always well prepared. And uh, they had a good game plan for us tonight. And to be honest with you, James, I I think we could have played better. Um, And uh, not to slight them in any way, but I felt like uh, we would probably have to play a perfect game to beat them down there on the hill, and we didn't do that. Uh, we played well, no question about it, but I think uh, when you have Coach Faulkner on a little bit later, he would admit there were some parts in that ball game where uh, we didn't play maybe as well as we have in the past, didn't shoot free throws very well. Tonight uh, we did down the stretch. I know at halftime we were one for five from the line. Uh, we had a few more turnovers normally than we have, and uh, we missed a lot of buckets inside that normally we haven't been missing. And uh, – uh, you know, to our kids' credit, they got down ten points in that second half, and uh, we're able to battle back. And I'll tell you what, to do it in that environment, uh, against that basketball team, against a legendary coach, uh, it was uh, it was certainly a top ten victory in school history. I think you'd have to put it there.
1: Well, Brian, don't get to—I mean, not not to rain on the parade. Don't get to celebrate it very long because next week, Tuesday <laughs> against Capitol, Thursday against Riverside, those two teams are a combined eighteen and four.
15: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you certainly, uh, you want to celebrate a little bit tonight, but I'm sure tomorrow they'll be right back at it and getting to work and uh, preparing for the Cougars coming to town. But, you know, to look at that from the other side of the coin, it's an opportunity for you to really put yourself in the driver's seat in the section for the Vikings. If they're able to win both of those games next week, they're, they're in, in really good shape, uh, heading in uh, towards uh, the end of February and March.
1: Well, Brian, we're right up against the break. We greatly appreciate you talking with us, and uh, I know that uh, the folks in Ripley happy tonight with that win over George Washington. Uh, thank you for calling us tonight. Thanks, guys. Thanks All right, that's Brian Johnson, WCEF. Ripley gets the win over George Washington tonight by six. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. Our final hour, we'll have Matt Atkins, the head coach of the Capital Midland girls basketball team, when we come back on
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. And our newest affiliate joining us tonight, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP in Ravenswood. Mike Graham there. Thank you very much, Mike, for broadcasting basketball Friday night in West Virginia in the Ravenswood area. We're also on 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSBWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH 4 Gay 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. T.G. Griffith Station, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. And the flagship of Marshall University, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live.
0: This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: Into our third and final hour here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, 11 3 Ryan Epling, James Collier with you. Coach Marone having to make the trek to Sissonville tomorrow afternoon for a ball game. So we're, we're letting leaving about already. an hour early. Yeah, <laughs> let him get an extra hour of sleep uh, before the Lady Rebels take on Sissonville tomorrow. And uh, James... Uh, one fastest three hours in radio. That's hard continues. to believe. I mean, Hour three, yeah. Right here now. we go, right? But um, nonetheless, uh, we'll talk with Matt Atkins, the head coach of the Capital Island Girls, in just a moment. But um, something that that we've talked about there, and we we really didn't get to delve into it too much with Ripley. We hope to have Coach Faulkner a little bit later on. But when you see teams that are not your traditional powers, and they start having good years, and and sometimes. Yes, sometimes schedule can play a little bit in that, but I don't like to downplay that because teams generally play schedules that are fit for them uh, you know you don't want to you don't you don't have to go out and play the top three ranked teams in your classification to try to build up your program
2: yeah it's it's one of those things and a lot of times um, schedules are made so far in advance too you really don't have a whole lot of choice in the matter it's kind of uh it's it's kind of set the way that it is but yeah, it's it's one of those things you you see um, you see what you have and what you can you match up with. And again, um, in in non conference play, sure, a lot of coaches I think have really gone to the the philosophy of it's kind of the the preseason, if you will. Let's let's go out, let's play a gauntlet of a schedule, let's get ourselves tournament ready. Uh, conference ready if you will and you see a lot of teams that are are crediting their success once they get to charleston because of the non-conference schedule you play you're seeing that a lot now in college basketball and i I think it's very smart it's uh you know you can you can cruise through a non-conference schedule and, and pick up five six seven wins and then end up throwing a goose egg in your conference play. So I think it's a very smart thing to do, and I think it works out a lot for not only making the game better, but also making players better because of they're being forced to step up their game, make the adjustments, instead of just being able to put it on cruise control and glide on by.
1: And I did sort of jump thoughts there. That that was not saying that Ripley was playing – a. Uh, an easy schedule. By no means are they. They're in MSAC. They, they're oh, playing the, the top teams I'll in the MSAC. I'll give Coach that's, Faulkner a hard time. He oh, yeah. calls and says, man, why don't you get
2: a cupcake schedule and call us back next
1: time? Right, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, their, their next two opponents are combined 18 and 4, and yes. that's, just, that's just how it is. But uh, but but to the greater point, though, uh, of the communities coming together and really seeing these teams build and these programs build and these kids getting to play in these fantastic environments, boys and girls basketball, really. And, and we'll do the scoreboard right after this. But uh, to me, that leaves an indelible memory that uh, that can be the, the, the good. We talked a lot about the bad uh, of youth and, and high school, but youth sports in general, too but they can also have a lot of good with it as well
2: oh absolutely it's any chance that you get to to build memories and and again it's it's that's what this whole part hope piece is about it's about the memories that those those kids get to to share over four years throughout their high school careers and you know that truly is what we are we are after uh as a sport as a whole and i think it's a very good point you know with um, with so many of the bad things that you see and it seems like in in today's society the bad things always rise to the top well our goal here is is to as like you said shine on the great things that are happening too and right now there's a lot of great programs across the mountain state across kentucky ohio that they're doing that they're they're creating great atmospheres um, great environments for our student-athletes, and I think that's so important. That's why uh, we love this show so much because we get a chance to really showcase all of their efforts for what they're doing for those uh, those student-athletes around the state.
1: There is nothing that brings together the the communities and the people in the little rural towns or the little rural areas that don't necessarily have a town. Sometimes the school is kind of out isolated. Nothing brings them together in the state of West Virginia like high school sports, and uh, like I said, we're in the basketball side of things. And, James, you got a scoreboard update. You'll have the boys' scores. I'll have the girls' scores. And I surprised them again. You're to have to quit doing that. I know. I need to, I need to give them a warning. <laughs> That's my
5: fault.
2: Let's start on the boys' side, the uh, West Virginia Hometown Invitational. We'll start with scores from that. Four, four scores to begin. Greenbrier West winners over Clay Batel 66-36. Tigers Valley defeats Cameron 59-55. Valley-Wetzel knocks off Doddridge County 75-66. And it was Van moving to 12-2 in class single A. 62-32 win over Buffalo. In the Greater Beckley-Christian Classic, it was Bluefield over Independence 67-52. Other scores from around the state. East Liverpool, Ohio defeats Oakland 74-42. It was St. Joe over Chapmanville 69-64. Tuck Valley moves to 12-1 in Class Single A with an 80-64 win over Ravenswood. Work County defeats Tyler Consolidated, 58-50. Notre Dame, a 40-point win over Trinity, 80-40. It was Fayetteville knocking off Charleston Catholic, 48-43. Webster County stays undefeated, 12-0. Are the Highlanders in Class Double A with an 81-40 win over Clay County. East Fairmont, 79. Phillip Barber, 59. Fairmont Senior, Picks up its 10th win of the season with a 72-29 win over Liberty Harrison. Robert C. Byrd, 65. Grafton, 53. Parkersburg, a 71-64 win over Greenbrier East. Polkadot, stay undefeated in the Mountain State. Now 11-2 this season. It was 65-39 win over Hoover. It was Winfield, 66. Hurricane, 58. Brooke, 70. John Marshall, 35. Lewis County, 86 North Marion, 47. Lincoln defeats Preston, 66-40. It was Madonna knocking off Catholic Central, 57-52. Wayne knocks off Mingo Central, 55-46. It was Morgantown staying undefeated in Class AAA, now 12-0 with a 61-43 dispatching of University Hawks. Mountview, a one-point win in overtime over James Monroe, now 49-48. Williamstown also winners in overtime, 54-52 over Park Catholic. It was Payton City over Pawpaw, 71-40. West Side defeats Princeton, 75-61. Another game in overtime, it was Richwood knocking off Sherman, 79-76. Ripley... We just heard from Brian Johnson. We'll hear from Evan Faulkner in just a little bit. 69 63 winners at GW tonight. The Vikings now 13 2 on the season. Riverview 72, Grundy, Virginia 69, or 63, excuse me. Spring Valley knocks off Cabell Midland 58 42. Pikeview winners over Summers County 66 61. It was Tucker County over Moorfield 74 52. The Wama Falcons fly away with a win over Bill Ohio. 68 to 64. Willing Park winners in overtime 74 71 over Park South. It was East Hardy over Calhoun County 70 60. Oak Hill 73, Greater Beckley Christian 56. Logan defeats Wyoming East 57 47. And South Harrison defeats Valley Fayette 51 42. One other, actually two other quick games to pass along. Another three popping in, I'm sorry. Hedgesville, Martinsburg postponed, no date given yet. Also, Martinsburg will not play against Morgantown tomorrow due to a leaky gym. Jefferson Spring Mills also postponed tonight, as was St. Albans and South Charleston. That game canceled.
1: Girls scores tonight. Princeton defeats Nicholas County 61-43. It was Montcalm over Independence 30-20. Frankfort over Mountain Ridge, Maryland 60-40. Riverview beats Mountview tonight, 60-37. We'll hear more from Riverview in just a a little bit. Spring Valley, a winner over Ripley, 73-61 in girls' high school basketball action tonight. Chapmanville Regional, 64. Herbert Hoover, 48. It was Cavill Midland defeating Lincoln County, 66-31. We'll talk more about that as well. Wayne, a 60-38 winner over Mingo Central tonight. It was Woodrow Wilson defeating Shady Spring, 50-29. Hamilton Heights, Tennessee, beats Huntington St. Joe, 61-50. The Irish fall within West Virginia borders for the first time in quite a while, even though it was to an out state team. The Gilmer County Titans are 14-1 after an 85-28 win over Calhoun County. Robert C. Byrd beats Elkins, 48-41. It was Greenbrier East over Greater Beckley Christian, 77-37. Fayetteville, 77. Liberty Raleigh, 32 Sissonville defeats Scott tonight by a score of 71-19. Notre Dame over Tigers Valley, 66-27. And Wheeling Park defeats St. Clairsville tonight, 56-41. The Patriots get the win over their Cross River rivals from Ohio. That is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Mentioned the Cavill Midland Knights girls basketball team. Now 10-5 and after that 66-31 win over Lincoln County. Joining us now on the phone is Matt Atkins. He is the head coach of the Knights. Coach, first off, all, thanks for hanging in with us tonight, and congratulations on your win.
16: Hey, thank you. It was a you know it was a good win. They're they're a sectional team that we play, and you know we were um, we were trying to we want to try to get you know third. We don't want to get fourth or fifth in the buy-in game. So you know we'll see how everybody votes on that. But it was a good win on the road.
1: Well, that's a team that is six and seven, and has been a. Uh, I actually got to see Lincoln County in person earlier this year. They're one of those teams that's maybe better than what people are accustomed to them being, but your team picking up a big 35-point win tonight on the road, uh, I think that was kind of a statement for you guys after you beat Ashland earlier this week, Ashland, Kentucky, who is a well-known school from uh, the eastern side of Kentucky.
16: I mean, it, you know, it was, James. It was a, I mean, it was a big win for us, um, you know, because – um, like I said, we're young. I have three seniors, no juniors, and the rest of my players are sophomores. You know, so um, there might be times where I have you know five sophomores on the floor, or maybe a freshman, and you know it was a learning process. We I think we uh, we went into Christmas break four and three, then we came out. And we ended up um, I think um, uh, five and six, and then we've won seven in a row or six in a row. You know, so we're you know we're we're happy to be where we're at. Um, you know, the girls are playing well. Um, anytime you can go, like I said, on the road and play and win, you know. With Lincoln County, you know they've got Devon Pritchard, a thousand point score. You know, and we knew that we had to, you know, hold her from, you know, get getting going, and we did that, and um, you know that that's what helped us win. It was a team effort, Coach. Talking about that win over Ashland, you hold
2: Macasa Robinson to twelve points. And that's saying a lot in itself because she can go out and put up 40 at any given night. You hold this Ashland team to only 35 in that winning effort. What was the game plan that you went into that contest and how did, how did you manage to execute it perfectly to a tee by holding the Tomcats to only 35 uh, throughout four quarters of basketball?
16: Well, you know, our our game plan, you know, we we knew about Robinson and, you know, she's, she's a great player, um, you know one of the best I've been around for a while, one of the best I've seen play. Um, and and we we knew she was going to get some points. We knew we weren't going to hold her scoreless. But our thing was, you know, if she got rid of the ball, you know, we, we didn't let her have it back as much. You know, we, 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 we played some boxing one, played some 12, or I'm sorry, one, two, two. But in our, you know, when she got rid of it, we kept somebody on her, you know, just constant pressure. And you know, I think our constant pressure, you know, she could she couldn't get going. She couldn't get the open looks that she wanted. Um, you know, and, and our girls understood that, you know, and a lot of times they sacrificed on the other end, you know, to play on that end. And in turn, you know, that's how we got that win. You know, that was that was that was a big win for our program. Coach tomorrow you've got
1: Athens, Ohio from the Plains, Ohio. Tell me a little bit about uh what you know yeah. about that ball club.
16: Um Honestly, we're we're, we're really kind of you know going in blind. We played Nelsonville York earlier in the year at Fairland, and um you know I spoke with their coach a little bit, and you know he filled me in. Um you know like I said I don't I know that they've had their point guard last year. They had a, I think she's playing at OU right now. Had a great point guard. I think they're down. Um you know but like I tell my girls you know um Rip, the coach from Ripley was talking about you know celebrating tonight. We I don't even think we really have night to celebrate because I'm sure my girls are in bed or they better be you know, getting ready for a nine AM game in the morning. Um, but you know, we're gonna go into the same mentality, you know, defense for us is what's gonna win. You know, we're we're not the type of team right now that can outscore a team just by playing offense. Um, you know, a lot of our points comes from turnovers and, you know, playing good defense and that's that's you know, that's what we're gonna to do tomorrow is we're gonna to try to force them, you know, with our press, try to force them into some turnovers or some quick shots, rebound and go the other way with it. Um you know, so hopefully, you know, we're gonna have the same, you know, game plan, just constant pressure.
1: Coach, you tip off in less than ten hours. We're gonna let you get to bed. Thanks for calling us tonight and good luck tomorrow. Hey, thank you, sir. You have a good night. All right, that's Matt Atkins, the head coach of the Cavill Midland Knights girls basketball team. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we've got Garrick Justice, he's the head coach of the Riverview girls basketball team. Also got Bo Miller, Bo Anderson, lots of Bo's out there tonight. And cause, cause time is a little bit later on, but we've got him in our system as well. It's basketball Friday night. Continue Friday night in West
5: Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Congratulations goes out to Ethan Miller tonight. Ethan was selected as the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Ethan joins Dalton Gray, Madison Webb, Erica Bowles, Felicity Van Gilder you've got somebody remarkable on your team or an athlete that you want to nominate, go over to basketballnight.com and you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night we select a standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Shout out to our new Twitter followers. Thanks for following us. Follow us on at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Mark Richmond, Mason 989, Jasmine Thiek, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Lucas Haynes, Christina Fox, K Fox, Provado, and Coach Wiley. We really appreciate everybody that has sent us scores tonight. It's really helped us bring you all the scores tonight
5: throughout West Virginia. stay up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com. now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone james collier and ryan epling
1: Eleven twenty on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling james collier with you we thank rick marone who is on his way home as the lady rebels will take on sissonville tomorrow afternoon and giving him an opportunity to uh Get out of here and be able to, to to get a good night's rest before that trip tomorrow morning. Now, one team that kind of flying under the radar a little bit because they're not known, unknown, unknown quantity at this point. It's the Riverview Raiders. The girls' team is eleven and five. I mean, the boys' team is also kind of flying under the radar. Their boys are ten and three, but the girls' team is is eleven and five tonight. Riverview was the better view as they beat Mount View sixty to thirty seven. And the head coach of the Raiders is Garrick Justice. He joins us now on the program. And uh, coach, first off, congratulations on your win tonight.
17: Yeah, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, you know, it's a it's good when we always win, win, win the county games. And uh, again, uh, you know, with us Mount View, that's the uh, that's one the fans want to see. So uh, you know, we're happy to you
1: know have have that in the winning column always. And the McDowell County rivalry, of course, Riverview is still still a fairly young school a consolidation of jaeger and big creek and uh the school located uh, near bradshaw west virginia and uh coach sometimes with consolidations it can be difficult to kind of connect the two communities that have had been rivals over the years in some instances and um it seems to me like the, the the elixir for that is winning, and right now you're winning. Uh, have you seen a, a an increase in community support this season?
17: Yeah, the, we 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 have great fans in the in, uh, in the area. There, um, again, when we first came together, uh, this is now our sixth year. Um, you know, their football team had you know some um, uh, some uh, big success early, and um, you know the Jager and Big Creek had always been big rivals and first two or three years again we kinda bonded around the football thing. We 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 uh we had some playoff runs. Um and now here over the last year or so, you know, the football's kind of took a step back and, you know, both basketball programs have you know stepped up and, you know, that we're you know uh you know the mind's kinda shifting because again but you know with both and Big Creek there's always you know a football community. And, you know, you know you know the people love the football but uh you know the crowds are starting to show up now for you know um, you know, this um, indoor sport.
1: And, and your ball club uh, earlier in the week on uh, Wednesday lost a, a tight game at home to Westside, but you beat James Monroe last week. Um, had a close loss to a Pikeview team that's been to the state tournament. Of course, James Monroe has been a, a state tournament uh, regular over the years as well. So you're, you're getting, you, you've are you beaten some teams that are known quantities uh, th- throughout the course of the season, and does that do those types of wins help give your team some confidence? Is I mean, we're we're getting right down to the stretch run already. Absolutely,
17: yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're um, we're in a growing phase here again. Uh, the the very first year we came to Riverview again that um, I, I I had the girls at Jaeger. and uh the we'd finished out that run at Jaeger with some pretty good teams and the first year we came to Riverview that we you know had won sixteen games and had made a game in the Sectionals. And then, all of a sudden, you know, we just kind of hit a drought of, you know, being down a little bit. And uh, starting two years ago, again, we got a group of juniors now that's basically, you know, played for three years and, you know, have, have slowly made that progression and are are learning, are gaining confidence, you know, as times went on. And, uh, again, that they're wanting to play in the spring and the summer and the fall. You know, any time there was a shootout or something, about like coach, you know, sign us up, sign us up, sign us up. And you know, as a coach, that's what you want to hear. You know, that the kids are wanting to play, and and I'm going to find somebody to take them to places all the time. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, we're we're uh, we're down here, and you know, if we look to the left, there's West Side, who's you know been you know uh, the out of, out of state champions, you know, two of the last five years. And then we got Long East, who I think is the best team in West Virginia, regardless. And Summer County Drive the Road and you know Pike View and Bluefield and James Monroe. So again, it's hard to get any recognition with with the people that's in our, you know, fifty mile radius. You know, because this is who it is for girls' basketball. Okay. And then if you go the other way, you know, Tulsa
1: and you know you know, again but, you know, there's just a lot of good basketball in southern West Virginia. Yeah, a lot a lot of good basketball as you mentioned and it can can in- lead to some very enjoyable competitive games on the floor. And, uh, of course, your girls getting the win tonight over Mountain View and, uh, and then coming up uh, next week a uh, game with Van. And, um, Coach, we certainly wish you the best of luck throughout the remainder of the season. Good talking to you today. Yeah, Thanks a lot. All right, that's Garrick Justice. He's the head coach of the Riverview Raiders girls' basketball team. Sticking to the phones, we go back to – uh, phone lines. Bo Miller is the head coach of the Spring Valley girls basketball team. Bo, nice win tonight for your ball club. Well,
13: that's one uh, I think we needed. It. it was a big win for us.
1: And tonight, Spring Valley's girls defeating Ripley and um, the Lady Wolves. Now ten and five. And you know that's a program that you lost a lot of experience uh, from a year ago, and and sort of having to rely on some different girls this year and to this point in the season, seems as though uh, they've picked up the slack and, and, and run with it pretty well.
13: Well this is a well, that's a good group of girls. They uh, they play extremely hard. They're not they're not as talented as probably the groups we had in the past, but they play a lot harder than any group we've ever had
2: coach miller you we talked earlier this season and and that was one of the questions i asked you i said what's the differences between the group that graduated last year and and this team and you said i know this will be tough to believe but they're much faster and getting to see them in person the first time this year they really are and that's something that allows this team to really fly around and wreak havoc on on the floor against all of your opponents
13: yes we are faster we like that's our game get it out and go and the faster the better for us we slow down. We don't. We don't play very well,
1: so. well. Coach, you lost a heartbreaker last night to St. Albans on a shot right at the buzzer, but able to bounce back today. That's a quick turnaround. Um, have to be happy with how your girls handled that.
13: Well, that's big for us because we're we're still young and trying to figure things out, and we've lost two games against real quality teams in Huntington and St. Albans that we've had double-digit leads going into the fourth quarter and throughout the fourth quarter, and uh, we just can't find a way to finish. And Tonight, we got that lead and we finished, so I uh, hope that's a step in the right direction for us.
2: Coach, you got a, a gauntlet of a week next week. You, you open up with Huntington and then South Charleston. Both of these games on the road, how big are being able to pick up a win out of both of those getting ready for sectional seedings coming up uh, at the end of the month?
13: Well, you know, Huntington's one of the best teams in the state, and... South Charleston is just, just as good as they are, and you know if we could come out of there with a split, that would be great. But we're gonna go play it. I mean, that's that's what we do. We just go play and see how it goes.
1: Well, Coach, always a pleasure. I know getting to renew acquaintances with Huntington. You only played them four times last year, so uh,
14: I know
1: <laughs> <laughs> another game with the the Highlanders coming up. Coach, uh, thanks for joining us. I hope,
13: we get, I hope we get them four times this year, too. The,
1: hey, if you get them four times, it means you're in the state tournament. I don't think anybody would complain about yeah. that. exactly right. All right, that's Coach Bo Miller right. of the Spring Valley Timberwolves girls basketball team. I think they're doing a fantastic job, by the
2: yeah, way. Yeah, and it, it is. It was uh, when I, I got a chance to go up and watch them play uh, before the turn of the new year, uh, it was the first chance I got a ch- to watch them. And you think of everything they lost. You lose Sarah Kelly, um, Cass Lemons, Maddie Morris, uh, just to name a few and then it's it's one of the things that uh, he said this team's faster said, there's no way yeah
1: they are that that's a division one basketball player a division one volleyball player and uh, another a collegiate basketball player
2: yeah and it's uh you, you take all of that away and it's just it's it's hard to think that it's it's possible that that all that was lost that this team is still that talented that they have this year with a lot of youth uh carly alderman the senior that leads the way, Alex Petri also leading the way. But uh, the uh, the Vaughn twins, the, they they're uh, they're fabulous on the court at the guard positions, and then uh, they just they like to get after the basketball and, and fly around. So uh, definitely going to be an interesting run for this uh, Timberwolves team. See how much uh, leadership they can
1: have down the final push. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll talk with Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Make another phone call in there
5: as well as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got about 15 minutes left. You've got till 11.45 tonight. We're going to share the voting results with you. The question is, what's the most all-around competitive region in West Virginia high school basketball, boys and girls, this season? Vote for Region 1 through Region 4. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in the poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Also, something we wanted to mention to you that is brand new. In case you want to go back and listen to Basketball Friday Night again and again and again and again, you can do that because you can find us on Apple iTunes in the iTunes Store. You can search in the iTunes Store by going to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and subscribing is free. Podcasts are also available directly on our website below the YouTube video player for each show. Once again, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Search for that in the iTunes store and subscribing is completely free. Big shout out to all our new Twitter followers following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Ryan Jones at CRJonesWV. William Richards, Pusha C, Cole Lambert 53, J. Mark Gladwell, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, and Jody Basil. Thanks so much for following us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore
5: roundup. This is high school basketball's home for the mountain state. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Eleven thirty two on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia, fastest three
1: hours on radio. Uh, you can't convince me otherwise.
2: Not a chance.
1: We'll have our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in just a moment. We'll also hear from Rick Kozlowski at the Martinsburg Journal. Uh, We'll get to those two guys in just a moment. But first off, if if you're a coach and your team breaks a 26-game losing streak against somebody, we want you on the program. We don't want to put you on hold for very long either. Evan Faulkner is the head coach of the Ripley Vikings. They knock off George Washington tonight on the road and coach a uh, a good a very good win for your program tonight.
18: Yeah, it certainly was. You know, our kids played really well and uh, like you said, uh there's a lot of things working against us going into it, so for our kids to uh, you know, step up to that challenge was uh uh made me really proud and it was uh, you know, a lot of fun figuring out how to get that thing done tonight.
1: 13-2 now on the season, and, and this is something that I talked about with, with Brian Johnson a little bit earlier. E- even when you beat uh, an upper-level Canal Valley team at home, you can still fly under the radar, but when you go do that on the road, uh, you're going to be getting quite a bit of publicity in the in, in the Charleston papers, and those tend to get around the state a little bit. Tonight, did that make that... Looking back on it now, did that make that win tonight maybe... More important in that it gets the word of your team out there.
18: Well, I don't know if that's so important, but you know, with the tradition that GW has, and uh, you know, the job that Coach Green and his staff does down there, and and the difficulty that that they pose to to play in that gym and then, and in that environment, uh, you know, that's what makes it that's what makes it a good win. Uh, um, and again, for our kids to be able to. Do it, in a situation where we hadn't had a lot of success against that team, um, you know that's again that's what makes it satisfying. I, I, I'm just happy for our kids. We we uh, we try to be as honest as we can with them, and and uh, we talk all the time about you know if, if you're going to be different, if you're going to um, you know leave a legacy, so to speak. You got to do things that haven't been done in a long time. You got to be different than the other teams. So. Uh, just really really pleased and, and proud of our team for, for going down there and, and making enough plays to win it.
2: Coach, you, you talk about your success thirteen and two this season and you look through your stats. Chase Johnson averaging a double double each night, eighteen points, ten rebounds. Lake Lake or Luke lay you excuse me averaging sixteen and a half, nine rebounds. But these guys are shooting seventy-three percent and sixty-eight percent respectively from the field. Maybe if you move them a little bit closer, you might be able to shoot a little better. No, kid, no kidding aside, what is it about these two guys that are, have been so deadly from the field this year?
18: Well, you know, we we work constantly on our execution, and and you know, they they get to be the ones that be the beneficiaries of a lot of stuff a lot of times because we, you know, have such an advantage on, on the interior compared to most of the teams we play, but. Uh, our guards do uh, uh, such a good job of, of finding those guys uh, when they get open. Uh, Chase and Luke have, have such a better understanding of positioning and and, and how to keep that position. And uh, uh, they do a, a really good job of, of catching it where we want to catch it and and doing their dirty work early is is, is what we call it. you know when they catch it, you, your job's already done. Now you just got to lay it in the basket. So. And you know what makes those numbers even more surprising is uh, teams' game plan around those two guys, Chase and Luke. I mean, they face double teams and triple teams every single night. So uh, for for them to be that efficient is is key to us being successful because obviously we want to try to use those guys as much as we can, and um, uh, with with their size advantage again. So uh, they're just doing a nice job, and and it's a credit to the work that they've put in and and their uh, progress and, and uh, improvement with their toughness and, and their skills. So uh, really proud of those guys, but, but really our whole team. I mean, it's been a total team effort from from the time I got here. And and guys are just bought in and, and selfless and trying to figure out how we can win games. And, and it doesn't really matter to them who gets the credit. If we can figure it out, we're happy, and uh, we're going to get back at it and try to do it again. So So it's just – It makes my job a lot easier when you got guys like that with such high character.
1: That's Evan Faulkner, head coach of the Ripley Vikings. And, coach, once again, congratulations and uh, good luck with a a couple of uh, tough games again coming up this week with Capitol and uh, Riverside. Again, congratulations on your win tonight over George Washington.
18: Thanks, guys.
8: Appreciate you.
1: All right. That's Evan Faulkner again, and uh, definitely appreciate him joining us here tonight. Go right back to the phone lines because we are running short on time already. And West McKinney, W A E Y, Princeton. The Tigers are six and four now. He joins us on the program, and uh, West Princeton ag- again uh, falling tonight to West Side on the road. And I know that that can be a, a tough road trip into Clear Fork, and it certainly was one for the Tigers tonight.
19: Yeah, uh, guys, Ryan, and you know this is a. What we said Wednesday night on air after they beat Oak Hill, This is a, this is a really this is a this is a defining stretch for Princeton. Right now, they're going to go uh, six games in, in uh, ten days, and it's it's it was Oak Hill Wednesday night. It's going to be it was West Side tonight. You you have to turn around and play a, what appears to be a double A. Um, State tournament contender in Pikeview tomorrow night at Pikeview, and that's going to be a hostile environment. You get at Greenbrier East Tuesday night, which we know what they're capable of. You have to go to you have to play Wednesday night against Parkersburg South. That's a state runner-up, and then if you went to Big Atlantic against Parkersburg South, you're most likely going to get Capital, who can, who was ranked in the top five in the state last year. Or if you lose, you're going to get University, and they're a vastly improved team. So Princeton's got their work cut out for them. Uh, these next six games start past Wednesday night with Oak Hill, and uh, we said it almost has to go 500 here, and that's got to be the goal is to try to go 3-3 three and three in these next six games. And right now they're 1-1. One one. So 2-2 two and two, uh, stretch over these next four I think would be huge for Princeton. I think it would tell them a lot about what kind of team they have, because until they played Wednesday night, guys, they'd only played three games since December the 22nd, and I think you could see it at Oak Hill that the chemistry was lacking, that the confidence was not quite there Wednesday night at Oak Hill, and it's going to be good for Princeton to hopefully finally get some good weather down here in southern West Virginia and get some games in, albeit against a really tough stretch.
1: Yeah, certainly hoping for a break in the weather for everyone involved, and of course, uh you mentioned that. that that that's a rough stretch, not only in quality of teams, but the lack of rest in between those games, and that'll definitely be something that'll be a major test for Princeton and uh of course hope and that's hoping that the weather still holds off again through the remainder of uh the next couple of weeks. Wes uh I know we weren't able to talk for a very long tonight, but thank you very much for calling as always and uh look forward to hearing from you next week. All right guys. Be good. That's Wesley W-A-E-Y, Voice of the Princeton Tigers. Right back to the phone lines, and a man who I understand got one of the biggest um, introductions of anyone ever at a high school basketball game. That's saying something. I know, right? <laughs> a resident referee, Bo Anderson, who only had to hold for 31 minutes and 10 seconds tonight is now on the program. He thinks he's a celebrity. He gets treated like one. Yeah, I know. Except for we make him wait. Bo, (laughs) welcome to the program. Well, you
12: know what? Uh, I was about ready to chase that Fred Bammer around the gym last night. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, I knew something was coming, but I didn't exactly know what it was. And uh, on the second note... Uh, I I was kind of afraid he was going to, instead of introducing me as as the resident referee, is the famous guy for being on hold all the time. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I I don't know what to do with that guy, but I'm going to think of something.
1: Well, I guess you can eventually just toss him out of the gym for whatever reason. I'm sure you can find one. But um, question tonight, this is something that that I saw in a college game, but – and I know rules are different, but this is something that can very easily happen in a high school game as well. Situation, we're talking about, let's say, let's hypothetically talk, tie ball game, um, both teams out of timeouts, You know, less than 10 seconds to go because the clock continues to run, does not stop after a made basket in high school basketball in the final minute like it does in college. So we'll say under 10 seconds to go. Uh, Team hits a three from right in front of their own bench, and the bench clears out onto the floor to celebrate while there's still time on the clock and the ball is put into play. What happens?
12: Well, uh, that is definitely, you know, leaving the bench. uh, Technically, uh, the only person that is allowed to leave the bench is the head coach uh, when it comes to a fight. Uh, leaving the bench, I mean, if you want to get technical about it, uh, all those players could be, uh, considered ejected for leaving the bench. You know, the game's not over yet. Uh, you would have, you would have a, uh, you could actually have it and call it just one indirect because they're not, it's not a fight and they're not participating in a fight or coming on the court on account of a fight. But you definitely you would have a technical foul for for leaving the bench and coming onto the floor. Um, I hope that never happens in my game. But uh, you know uh, that's the head coach's responsibility. He is responsible for his bench uh, throughout the contest. So therefore, he you know he he's going to be uh, there's going to be a a, a a technical foul assessed for leaving the bench.
1: Is there anything different if it's not just players, but also assistant coaches and the head coach who are also out on the floor at the same time, or is that still fall Uh, under one uh, collective umbrella?
12: Yeah, you know, you could, you know, on that, you got to use the common sense factor. There, the common sense factor says, you know, you're you're going to have a technical foul, obviously, for you know the. Leaving the bench to celebrate uh, and hopefully um, you know that you know that will sacrifice uh what they've done wrong. Um, I'm not sure why you would leave the bench that soon before the horn goes off, but uh you know, I understand that especially high school kids, they get excited about things, and uh you know sometimes it carries over into something that happens that's not so good. But but you would you would have a technical, um, you know you would you would have one at least they're not leaving for a fight but you would still have a technical foul there.
1: All right, so that, I think that answers my question perfectly because I, I was curious. I thought it would be one technical, that would be collective instead of individual. Because if you were popping individual technical fouls there, you'd be there all night trying to shoot free throws. But uh, (laughs) nonetheless, uh, Bo, uh, we always appreciate you uh, talking with us. And again, we had so many buzzer beaters in West Virginia here over the past just couple of weeks. Fortunately, we haven't had any situations like this, and hopefully we don't.
12: Well, I I sure hope not. Uh, You know, uh, again, uh, the head coach is responsible and uh, hopefully uh if something happens like that it'll be a, a lesson to uh to everyone. Uh you know, that could end up uh costing that team uh the game. Um if uh um, you know they'll obviously end up getting shots plus the basketball and uh you know that, that you know obviously if that three you can make two and take the ball out of bounds and and uh it could end up being a problem. But uh hopefully everyone will hear this and we'll stay on the bench until the game is actually over
1: all right that's our resident referee Bo Anderson we always appreciate him taking his time out to talk with us we're right up against it we got to have a side take a break we'll come back we'll have winners from tonight's ball games and we'll hear from uh Rick Kozlowski Martinsburg Journal We'll also get our poll question We'll wrap things up here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports
5: Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Special thanks
6: today to all of our affiliates, including our newest affiliate, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood. Big thank you to Mike Graham. Also, 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC LP, Spencer. 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington. 97.9 FM, WSPWLP, Parkersburg. 101.1 FM, WVWP, Wayne. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn. 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside. 101.9 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. A big thank you to all of our followers out there on Twitter and everyone sending us a text tonight, giving us a call. You've made it happen as far as collecting scores in West Virginia tonight. If you love basketball, there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for being here with us.
5: Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Hey, 1148 on this Basketball Friday Night in West
1: Virginia. We'll get back to the phone lines of Rick Kozlowski in just a moment. But first, let's get a final check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. We'll start on the boys' side. All winners tonight
2: as it's Greenbrier West, Tigerts Valley, Bluefield over Independence, East Liverpool defeats Oak Glen, Valley-Wetzel over Doddridge County, St. Joe over Chapmanville, Van knocks off Buffalo, Tug Valley takes down Ravenswood, Ward County over Tyler Consolidated, Notre Dame defeats Trinity, Fayetteville over Charleston Catholic. Webster County defeats Clay County. East Fairmont over Phillip Barber. E- Fairmont Sr. knocks off Liberty Harrison. Robert C. Bird winner over Grafton. Parkersburg drops Greenbrier East. Polka over Hoover. Winfield drops Hurricane. Brook winner is a winner over John Marshall. Lewis County over North Marion. Lincoln over Preston. Madonna takes out Charles or Ch- Catholic Central, excuse me. Wayne knocks off Mingo. Morgantown stays undefeated with a win over University. Mountview knocks off James Monroe. Williamstown winner over Park Catholic. Payton City over Paw Paw. Westside defeats Princeton. Richwood over Sherman. Ripley knocks off GW. Riverview over Grundy, Virginia. South Charleston knocks off Saint Albans. Spring Valley defeats Cabell Midland. Pikeview over Summers County. Tucker County over Moorfield. Wahama knocks off Belpré, Ohio. Willing Park in overtime over Park South. East Hardy knocks off Calhoun County. Oak Hill defeats Greater Beckley Christian. Logan over Wyoming East. And South Harrison over Valley Fayette. Now to the girls. All winners. Princeton over Nicholas County. Montcalm over Independence. Frankfort knocks off Mountain Ridge, Maryland. Princeton over Nicholas County. Uh, Spring Valley knocks off Ripley. Chapmanville over Hoover Cabell Midland over Lincoln, Wayne over Mingo Central, Woodrow knocks off Shady Spring, Hamilton Heights, Tennessee knocks off St. Joe, Gilmer County over Calhoun County, RCB over Elkins, Greenbrier East past Greenb- or Greater Beckley Christian, Fayetteville over L- Liberty Raleigh, Sissonville defeats Scott, Notre Dame over Tigers Valley, and Willing Park past St. Clairville, Ohio.
1: Also, Riverview beating Mountview View tonight. All scores available, basketballnight.com. On Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. Just a few minutes left in the program. We go back to the snowpack in the great white north and the Siberia of West Virginia, at least for the past week, Martinsburg. Britt Kozlowski, the March for a Journal, joins us now. Oh,
20: the outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful.
14: And since we've no place to go, let it snow,
11: let it snow,
20: let it snow, let it snow. And it did. And it did. <laughs> well, I was I was warned that I would have some interesting bumper music tonight. <laughs>
1: Our crew in the back. Is, and did you guys? Uh, did you guys hear
20: some of the behind-the-scenes activities going on?
1: I got to be honest with you. The way our studio's set up here, we can't even see the control room. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes.
20: Uh, okay. Well, I, I, I need to tell you guys this then, because this may have been one of the. I've had some crazy experiences in my life, but this one certainly probably is the craziest from tonight. I I called in on my office phone, and I was waiting for Allison to pick up, and I don't know where she was. Meanwhile, my cell phone is ringing. It's Marcus calling to look for scores. (laughs) So at at one point, I was talking to both of them. I got one phone to one ear, the cell phone to the other, carrying on conversation kind of between each of them.
1: What I like is that Marcus is in the control room, Allison is upstairs, and Rick in Martinsburg is telling <laughs> us what happened. Yeah, that, and we had no clue. We had no idea. <laughs> uh, the power of technology. Well, that's, the about, well, that's about
20: all I have to report to you. Well, thank, no games. Uh,
13: <laughs> okay, click. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, snow definitely a big factor up there, though. I mean, obviously with 40 inches of snow, that's three and a half feet almost. That's a lot to deal with, but also uh, still wreaking havoc on the sports schedules.
20: Yeah, absolutely. I thought we were going to have a chance to see a good basketball game tomorrow between Martinsburg and Morgantown, and lo and behold, the roof is leaking.
1: I can't so imagine how much three had to, feet of snow weighs, though. So I would imagine that any any little problem is going to get magnified there.
20: It didn't uh, weigh a, a great deal when it was coming down. It was kind of the light and fluffy stuff. But uh, after a day and when the sun kind of beats down on it and, and it melts a little bit, and then it kind of refreezes, and you got the moisture content a little more. It gets extremely heavy.
2: Yep.
1: Meteorologist. And, uh, lost.
20: I, I'm standing in front of my uh, my blue screen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, currently for yeah. light and fluffy snow, it would equal 5.2 pounds per cubic foot. So you do the math the rest of the way. Yeah.
20: uh my calculator just broke <laughs>
1: <laughs> but who really measures in cubic feet these days anyway right but uh now rick obviously uh kind of uh i don't know it's disappointing that uh Martinsburg unable to play hedgesville tonight and then uh morgantown tomorrow you would have had two very good ball games uh right there uh in the backyard and two big tests for uh for Martinsburg as well, now we we had Coach Rogers on earlier. I mean, you know, he was in Hawaii right before Christmas, and now he's in 40 inches of snow. And uh, he told us he would rather have Hawaii.
20: Well, I before Christmas I was in uh, Florida, and I'd rather have Florida right now too. So we're on the same uh, we're on the same page, uh, Rick. I know. But, yeah, there there were you know scheduled to be a couple you know. Good games tonight and tomorrow, and unfortunately, you yeah, I guess that's the way the, uh, the snowfall, you know, occurs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Rick, uh, we are running short on time. We've got we to go. That's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. We usually have more substance to talk about other than snow, that's, but basically, when, when that's all they've had to deal with all week, that's all we've had. Marcus, poll question time. That surprised him. What's up, guys? It's actually
18: Alec. Oh, Alec, oh, a new guy.
1: <laughs> see, I, we can't see you. That's the problem. Well, it's, it's all right.
18: I mean, but regardless, with all the snow that's been happening, obviously we've been wondering about the cancellations of games, maybe with classes in school. So what should be the no school
1: policy across the state in terms of games? No school, no play, or do the counties decide? You can go to basketballnight.com. That poll question is live now until 1145. Do you have the results from last week's poll question?
2: As Marcus begins to scramble and Alec weighs uh, I, the I, f- I,
1: microphone down and says, no, I do not. <laughs> I think that a mic drop walk-off right there. Yeah. All right. Don't, we're not worried about that. Not, not a problem. James, anything sticks out to you tonight? No, just
2: nice to get uh, games back in action, uh, start to get some normalcy once again uh, back in the state. But uh, hopefully uh, it'll stay that way, but we know there's potential of weather coming uh, starting uh, once we get into the month of February, which, oh my goodness, is Monday. It's hard to believe we're already a month through the, the uh, 2016 calendar year.
1: And we've crossed the halfway point of shows for the year as well. Just got seven more to go. Um as we get through the girls' basketball tournament and the boys' basketball tournament. The last Friday, semi-final Friday for boys' basketball is our final Friday. So we've still got about seven more shows to go, and let's hope that uh, we don't have any more state of emergencies declared, and we don't have to deal with that anymore for the rest of the winter. For everyone involved here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, those behind the scenes, for Rick Marone and James Collier, I'm Ryan Epling. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, 9 to midnight, on the Fast Break Sports Network.
0: Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.